Hello, everybody. You're here for Mentally Sound, three-hour special for World Mental Health Day. Hello, good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon. It is another edition of Mentally Sound right here on Space FM 98.8 FM. That was Kate Bush with Babushka. Um, I can't believe I said that right with my dyslexia, <laughs> but we got there in the end. <laughs> Maybe I should just not mention it because <laughs> I did it successful in my own mind. 
and that's all that matters a lot of the time. But welcome to Mentally Sound for our three-hour special that has been um, advertised on the tweets, and thank you for the retweets so far, because it is it was World Mental Health Day, so we basically, the first available show that we're doing this week, because we did a bunch of stuff on Saturday, which I'm going to get to what I mean by that in a second. Um, so we wanted to do a three-hour special because we've had a ton of interest in guests wanting to be on the show. Um, so we wanted to make it extra special and not basically let anybody down for for, for want of a better phrase. Um, that's literally what it is. Um, so we're going to irritate you for another hour <laughs> <laughs> from 12 till 3 p.m. here on Spice FM. And thank you so much for joining us. Uh, the usual disclaimer before I talk to my good friend Mr. Ricky, who is my co-host, is just to say the disclaimer of the it's a mental health show. So we essentially, hence why we mentioned mental, Men, World Mental Health Day, is that we will essentially talk about things that might be taboo, difficult to hear, but the whole point is to be open and honest and frank and have an open discussion. You'll hear debates, um, us talking about mental health charities, service users, talking to vulnerable people, that kind of thing. And it's just to hopefully educate. Um, obviously, we want to entertain. Um, and it's not hopefully going to be a depressed fest. Uh, we've been doing this long enough and got enough good responses to think that we do try and uh, achieve that to the best of our ability. Um, so yeah, so we have a, a jam-packed show, which we're going to get to in a second, uh, but I'll do a quick... What we're going to do now is, before I explain what we did on the 6th of October, which was a huge event, I'm just going to ask my good co-host, Mr. Ricky, how are you doing on this fine day? Your eyes look very red. Yes. <laughs> so a lot of people said to me this Yes. Week. I'm not sure what the red eye, red eye signify, but I think, have you heard of STI, the eye infection? I had that early in the year, mm-hmm. so I don't know if this is a re- recurrence, but um, yeah, you should have seen me earlier in the week. If you think my eyes are red now, you should have seen me earlier in the week. I, I look like Rocky Balboa. I've <laughs> <after laughs> been in a fight, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> it's getting better, but yeah, I'm a bit uh, groggy. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I was on set flu coming on, but I think I managed to stave the worst of it off. Yep. Which is why, you know, sorry listeners at home if I feel if I sound a bit, you know, offish. But um other than that, it's been it's been a been a funny uh, few weeks for me. Um talked before about anxiety getting the better of me at times, which it has. And then this kind of uh, the, this sort of half fluish is there such a thing as half a flu? <laughs> half a flu. Yeah. <laughs> and then, I, and then uh, work has been weird because just around the corner, uh, the premises next door to where I work uh, burnt down. So. Um, oh yeah, do you want to talk about that? Yeah, because that's that's pretty. Well, insane. I can't talk too much about it because I think it's still an ongoing investigation. Because <laughs> he's a suspect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that's just a joke, by the way. The road is closed, so um, it, it uh, in terms of like you know. Um, Public coming in uh, out has been not as much. Um, I'm not sure, even sure we're open today because like, my boss yesterday said he was going to sort of see her because we were meant to get a storm today as well. Is this mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I heard on the radio this morning that we're not going to get the worst of it, so I th- we might just escape it. But um, yeah, yeah, it's been a bit of a turbulent um, few weeks, but thankfully today I'm, uh, I'm well. I'm here. Yeah, he's well <laughs> enough to be in our presence. So I ran the gauntlet like, to get. Yes, yeah. There. yeah. <laughs> Yes, he did the um, Ninja Warrior um, uh, assault course, whatever it's called. I've only ever seen a couple of episodes How about you? But, uh, How are you? I'm all right. Um, pretty good, actually. Um, you know, obviously, we caught up with the podcast, which I must mention. So yeah. there's a lot of podcasts of our show up online at the minute. If you type Mentally Sound on iTunes, you'll find other than last episode up right now, which I'm pleased I caught up with. Um, things have been going pretty well at home. Um, just obviously stuff about the baby because um, you know we I could we could potentially be a month away from the baby being born. So 
um, just making sure all that's done. Got to um, uh, we're going to see where where um, Haley's going to give birth um, tomorrow. Oh. Just a little tour because you can you have that option to go to the hospital that you're going to give birth Does in. That to um, like relieve any yeah, stress or anything. Apparently that's what it's for, and it's good just to have in your head where you're going to end up being and all that yeah. kind of thing, and get to see the team that you potentially might be. Uh, you know, obviously it might be a different team per day, but usually they'll wow. it might be the same people. So it's just kind of a nice little thing. It's not a long thing; it probably needs to take <laughs> a half an hour, but. Um, I think well worth doing, um, you know. So we're going to do that tomorrow, and um, yeah, just kind of just um, trying to get ready, essentially, for her being first-time parents, and trying not to cry endlessly. It was <laughs> 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 um, just a joke, obviously, because um, we're in a pretty good place at the minute. So, um, and we have, I mean, we all, we have been for a long time. I'm just meaning we're in a good place in terms of I don't feel I don't think we feel scared about it. Um, there's a right level of apprehension, um, but I mean, this is what we say on the show all the time: is that it's not getting rid of pressure and pressure pressure and, and you know um, anxiety and all that kind of thing because that exists in life whether you want it to be or not it's just when you have too much of something is that way you need to deal with it but um, as I'm saying in terms of the, in, just in relation to the baby and how's your partner I think we're doing? doing quite well she's doing okay um, um, uh, there's a there's a there's a we're having an interesting discussion about whether about having pain medication because um, she's having struggle because she has SPD, which um, any um, any <coughs> pregnant lady who's been who's experienced that it's really really difficult to deal with. It's just basically where then. Where your like sort of hip hip bones like freeze together and they just and they scratch together and like wow. it's really not nice. Um, Never heard of that. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I don't think I didn't. I didn't until um, Haley explained it to me, and um, I always forget what it's it's named, what what it what it means. It's some sort of disorder, um, but. Um, but yeah, it's really not nice, and there's not really much you can do about it, and it's very common in pregnancies. So, um, you know, so she gets really really uncomfortable, particularly at night. So it's just figuring out what the best thing to do is, and obviously not harming the baby and all that kind of stuff, and reading research about what the best angle is to do. Because you take paracetamol, but most people who are pregnant do take paracetamol. It's just whether we Would go any. Would you say also uh, that you've kind of gone uh, gone over the, the biggest hurdle, as in because you you recently moved in together? Didn't oh you? yeah, I'm so pleased that's over. And that's often oh. that's often said in life, like the the most stressful thing most people go through is mm-hmm. moving house all the. I, d- I just think I deserve a medal. I, d- I deserve a medal on the grounds. Well, you went it through it twice because you moved your mum as well. Yeah, I moved my mum out yeah, to the care place. Um, and I moved in with my partner all within the last month or so. And I just think I deserve a medal on the grounds of I did the moving out without having a, my own car. So can you imagine like having everything you've ever owned and then sort of getting rid of uh, majority of it and then moving it to either my mum's for storage or I got rid of probably about two thirds of the stuff that I had in there by just sheer willpower and like you know it's quite irritating when you do all that and realise you don't have a car which means any rubbish you have you have to hand carry to the nearest place you can do that you know and um, you know I never got any help in that sense too so it was it was just it was it was really really hard work and I think that's probably why um, I mentioned on that last last month's show or sorry two weeks ago um, the last show we did about me back hurting which still kind of goes through spasms every now and again and um, like it flared up yesterday and I think I've just sprained something because I just think it's just this endless and then, as you said, I'm moving. When you move in, particularly with another person, you also have to get that place sorted as well. So it's our place that we've got now. We had to, you know, Haley had to move out. Is, some it, stuff is this sort too. of like our place, or is it a place with two people with with two different personalities? It, I don't know. It's it's interesting because it does feel like my place now. I call it home because it obviously yeah. is. 
Um, and I'm but so you both happy want to, to put there. your own character upon it, don't you? Yeah, know? well, that's why. I mean, I mean, I I regarded my old place as kind of temporary accommodation because I wanted it to be. Um, I wanted it to just be that. I didn't want to be stuck in a mortgage or something with a, in a house and then realise that my partner didn't want to live in it if I ever got that far. And obviously I have now. And so the the beauty of that was I was able to just wait for my tenancy to run out and then move in. Um, so that was really stressless, really. And to, in that sense, like the, the sort of technicality stuff was not that difficult. Um, it was just the, the sheer amount of moving in. And the thing is, we're not starting anew. It's it's I'm moving into her current residence, so yeah. um that that has a different dynamic to it. Um, so you haven't done the like sitting together on the couch and flipping. Yeah, the wall, wall yeah. I mean we have for the baby's room because that used yeah. to be a spare room and it's now going to be the baby's room. So we did do an, a, a little bit of that, like figure out what paint we wanted and all that kind of thing. But 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 yeah, in terms of, I would say ninety percent of the stuff in there is still hers and not 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 nothing's happened to it. Um, you know, if you ever like walked into my, her place, it's like other than the computer area, which we'd done up and got a desk so I can have my computer and my computer chair. Um, that's really the only significant area of the living room, for example, that's different to what it was. Um, but her place is really nice, so um, I hope this doesn't come across as me going, oh, poor me, because it's a wonderful place. I mean, my friends who have seen it, and hopefully, obviously, Ricky will see it at some point, is um, it, it feels like an upgrade. You saw my old place. It's it's um, it's a, it's like a significant upgrade because the kitchen is like a done-out kitchen. The bathroom's really nice. The living room's very a little bit more spacious and got like some nice stuff in it. Um, it's nice to hang out in well, and I guess the, the, in the bedroom for, yeah. for, for potential kids. Yeah, then, yeah. yeah it just yeah. feels. Uh, it's just. I mean, it's not hugely bigger, but um, and, and and the key like feature, which is great for having two dogs, is we've got a yard. Um, like an astroturfed yard that our dad did, which is he did a great job with that. So Cause my um, nephew just turned one. I mean, he he, he just can't stop crawling. Yeah, we, well, that's uh, good. he's like a cat. Are we even considered putting a cat flap in? Cause yeah, the only thing. Never... Yeah, the only thing we need to sort out in relation to the dogs, as we've having discussions about this quite a lot recently, is them um, to get gates. Um, yeah. just to let the dogs be aware of yeah, it. So we're important. doing something with the baby, then yeah. they're not allowed in. Yeah. Um, because they're quite they're they're, they're being quite little. Um little team that even though they don't have a great relationship still because i think it's going to take time mm. is they do have a kind of um relationship at the minute where they sniff around us when we're in the kitchen and lister i taught lister not to do that but he's learning off the other dog he's like well what if he does it maybe if we both do it maybe how, then how we'll do get you learn some do- how do you, well, dog, do you dogs have got good it? initiative um you just tell them to go out of the room <laughs> Um, it's, it, is, it's sim- it sounds daft, but it's as simple as that. You tell them to go away and then make them sit. And um, that, yeah. and Haley's dog um, sits on the edge of the rug that we've got in the living room, so they, he, he knows that like that's, that's as far as he's allowed to go. Um, which is typical, like you know what kids do when they say you can't swear in the kitchen, so they go like one inch outside the kitchen and start swearing. <laughs> you know, they're quite quite ingenious dogs. But um, just that bit when you talk about moving, it reminds another Carl Pilkington reminder when he said on the Ricky Gervais show when he was moving out that they hide they hide the oldest person to help move mm-hmm. and he says I was speaking to him on the phone and he sounded out of breath and he was only moving the empty boxes and he's <laughs> like what, what have we done <laughs> but yeah cool so yeah that, that that sort of so yeah as we mentioned we've got an absolutely jam-packed mm-hmm. show of people I'm going to mention once I get um, my list ready of all the guests we've got on because it's just insane the amount of people so me and uh, Ricky are talking about going to be sharing on my microphone because I think it's easier um, when we have two guests on because we're going to have a lot of two guests today um, so we have Tara and Ashley from Ways to Wellness um, which is a West End service helping people deal with long term conditions we have Sheila Middleton and Gillian Allen from Pass It On Parents 
the, there were previous guests on the old um, Gravity Radio that we used to have, be on before we went to Spice. Um, supporting families of disabled children, which is obviously a, a hugely good cause. Maria and Ryan, which is an Ryan's a plus, didn't he? Because you thought it was going to be just Maria to begin with, no, or was Ryan was always going to come? Okay, so moving on, Tyne and we are supporting people 18 or over living in Tyne and we are unemployed due to physical and mental health barriers, which I think is going to be a fascinating. Um, discussion because that's something that really does happen a lot you know with this whole ESA and how you get you know how you get assessed and you know what qualifies as being unable to to you know that 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 to me just shouts out that when you read mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. um and and barony i think i'm saying that right for missing people barony, yeah. which we tried to get on last show mm-hmm. um because we wanted to talk about um reported as it recalled reporting missing the yeah. series but it's obviously they're a charity based on helping people who are missing so um that series is on in my house often so um i think it's going to be interesting to find out because i'm sure people listening to this the same as us i sit here going i would have no idea how the process for missing a person what happens i mean i told the story last show about when i went missing but i was only from the person who was missing not the people who are trying to find you so it'd be fascinating to know um and yeah so what i want to do because i wanted to make this make sense is we wanted to talk about the 6th of October. Um, so me and Ricky very graciously got offered to go to Central Library in Newcastle. Um, the reason being is that it was World Mental Health Day, or at least it was for them. Was well, officially on the 10th, yes. <coughs> but the, the event in Newcastle was at the 6th. Yes, yeah. I, was, I, I did think that, because I remember it coming up on Twitter that it was the 10th and thinking, but it being, it being a Saturday makes sense. Um, but I guess, you know, you, know, you could say it's World Mental Health Week. Yes, it kind of is. I, I almost said not every it. venue can can fit it entire thing on. One it was funny because I almost so. said yeah. It's funny you said that because I almost wanted to say that at the start of the mm-hmm. show, but I didn't know if that was like essentially accurate. But it kind of is. Um, so we'll we'll say mental Hence health. Hence why we're doing a special yes. day and thanks Spike um, for, for yeah, thank you so much for Spike. Yeah, we should say that for giving us the extra hour. I really appreciate it. So. Um, we ended up recording some audio at this event, uh, which I'm super proud of. Um, we got a tape. We got a table. We also got to talk to a lady called Helen from Newcastle Carers. So that's going to be played sometime later in the show. But me and Ricky decided while we were there to do an intro and outro. So I'm going to play the intro now. So this is us at Central Library at the 6th of October doing a live recording, essentially, of our introduction for that event. And then we did an interview with Helen, which I said is going to be later. And then to end this live show, we're going to play the outro of us on the 6th, our past selves being adorable and talking about... um, I I love the little chat we had about the Tiffany analogy. (laughs) I know, yeah. I'm still laughing about about the future selves, yeah. (laughs) Our future selves. Um, So we hope we are being... I watched Tiffany last night. Yeah. All right. Pretty good film. Um, Certainly better. It gets worse each film it goes on, which is what we were talking about. franchises do. Yeah. So anyway, so as I said, this is me and Ricky sitting down having an introduction at the start of our day here at Central Library on the 6th of October. So we're going to play that and then we're going to play some songs and some ads and then we'll be back live in the studio with me and Ricky after this. When it starts. Asked to attend, which our future selves I'm sure will talk about in the introduction, um, for World Mental Health Day at Central Library here in Newcastle on the 6th of October. So obviously a little bit before the actual show is live at Swan Spice, which you're hearing now. 
um, and basically just to sort of communicate with a bunch of with a bunch of different organisations for World Mental Health Day. Um, so we have a fantastic guest, and uh, also we have a guest who's willing to be on, but we're going to get more in the future. Um, so Helen Elliott from Newcastle Carers is going to come on the show, um, which you'll hear later in the programme, uh, talking about what that organisation does and something close to my heart and Ricky's because we've both been carers for our mums and we think it's an important issue. But we just wanted to talk for about five minutes just now as a little pre-record just to say like, you know, we're here in Central Library now and just wanted to talk to Ricky about like World Mental Health Day and just what we think about it. So, um, so what's your take Do on this? Do you know this? what it is? Given yeah. the location that we are, because, you know, I mentioned the old library. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so back in my teens, so we're going back in the 90s, Whenever, is it, whenever, whenever I was in town for whatever reason, errands and stuff, or even like research purposes, so I had to be in the library anyway. Yep. I always found it a very cozy place to be in, and, I, and even if I had an hour to kill, I would just like sit in one corner and just like didn't matter what I was reading necessarily. But uh, I just sort of like you know, I suppose I was having these sort of mini mental health moments. So mm-hmm. it's good to be back. Obviously, it's a lot different now. It's very high yeah. tech. Uh, what are your opinions on the, on the clinic? Well, I've got to say in terms of, like, I mean, obviously we'll talk about World Mental Health Day in a second, but because, um, um, I mean, that's an interesting discussion in itself, but I just think, I mean, the library in itself, because it's basically right in the centre of Newcastle, pretty much, I mean, because if you get the metro and stuff like that, or any buses into town, it's not far from here, and it's beautifully done up, because it, it's a beautiful building, it's very, it's, it's, it's opposite the Lane Art Gallery, which is also a fantastic gallery, gallery, gallery to visit, um, but yeah, um, it, it, it's been re- done up for a while now, but it's just it's really nice it's got a it's got a nice feel to it you know there's people there's always people around we're sitting here and there's a bunch of people going in and out in and out of the of all the entrances and um it's a really good place to kind of have people to it's a very nice little alcove area libraries yeah. i think you know save your libraries because they are under threat i think they're amazing places great for the community they're like they're like hubs of the community and i think um you'd often see libraries combined to, to combine the, they're also galleries they're also places to come to get help yeah there are information's out there um, there's family centres, there's drop-in centres, there's cafeterias, there's everything crashes. So yeah, make use of them because it's that old Joni Mitchell thing, isn't it? You won't realise until it's gone. Yeah. You know, and yeah. yeah. Doesn't doesn't it always seem to go when you don't know it's yeah. got it's gone? Um, crazy taxi. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, um, but yeah, um, I, I'm in total agreement because I, I mean it's just nice to be around when you are like, for example, if you're. Um, if you're, for example, reading something, it's just nice sometimes to have people in the background and yeah. not being sort of isolated. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, there's an organisation that's here that talks about um, that talks about social ang- uh, social isolation uh, in older people, um, which we're hopefully going to be have on the show in a couple chain of weeks. Yeah, yeah chain reaction. Oh yeah, that's part of the uh, the search project. We've yes, got on our show, yes, so, yeah. yeah. She showed me the organisations that are involved, and I said we've talked to search a number yeah, of times. Yeah, yeah, search yeah. a number of times. Um, yeah. So the whole idea of today's show is we're going to have some live guests as per usual, mm-hmm. um, which we would have talked about anyway um, but we're going to have as we say Helen Elliott from Newcastle Carers as a pre-record here and then we've asked the several m- other people organisations who are based here who were doing the day thing who will be on to Christmas now, yeah I know <laughs> yeah yeah. I, I, I was joking with Ricky saying I've done his work for him because yeah. um, he does the booking and we basically look like we'll be full full for the following week, at, week so um, so yeah in terms of World Mental Health Day I guess just to set the ball rolling for our show because this is obviously be at the beginning is just what does it mean to you um, and do you think it's an in ge- do you think in general it's a good idea? Hmm, great question because it's it's essentially a very modern question given the sort of the, the social media age that we live in and yes. all the hashtags and things. Absolutely. And it relates to a conversation I was having with uh, Matt, uh, who's a guy from Acorn who came along who I was having a chat with, and it relates to a similar conversation we had before. 
about you know how long do we use the word awareness anymore until we yep. use action so my answer to the question is <laughs> I think for the time being yes mm -hmm. it's good and we, we have these sorts of days but I think it's I don't think it should be finite I think there should be a, a, a case in time where we where we accept that it's part of our national conversation now and th yeah. we don't need to have special days um, you know, mm -hmm. you know, put out there just for, for, for mental health raising awareness mm -hmm. and action and all that stuff. Yeah, you see, I think there should be a radio show that's on every fortnight uh, <laughs> that maybe signposts all the stuff so therefore you don't need a World Mental Health yeah. Day because they're on every couple of weeks. <laughs> oh, wait a minute, I'm talking about us. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I know, yeah. Sorry, I just felt I just couldn't I couldn't resist uh, making that joke. Um, but no, no, but you, you make a you make a very good point, um, and I do think it has its use. But um, I'm, you, you actually preempted that question was in relation to what you just um, what you just referenced in terms of uh, not using awareness anymore. I'm really quite pleased that we're doing that because I wanted to ask you this to set the ball rolling, and then obviously we'll we'll take a break and we'll go back to the studio um, for the live show. Um, but in, I'm wondering whether uh, is it is it a case now of that mental health is kind of accepted as an idea or no, idea is the wrong word but like it's accepted as a part of life let's say mm -hmm. and we at least acknowledge it now I think is the stage we're at with mental health mm -hmm. but do you think it's a case of people either don't do anything about it or the other, the other side of the coin is either don't do anything about it or don't know how to do anything about it do you think that's the stage we're at where like people acknowledge it's a thing yeah. But they don't do something about it. I think we're at the house stage because I yes. think the current, the current sort of uh, things that you see in all these sort of awareness campaigns are, it's almost like you're you're pressing the reset button in terms of like how to interact with other people. So it's like time to talk, for example. So it's like you know, there's actually nothing wrong with saying to your friend or ringing up every so often to see how they were. I'm just ringing up saying how you were. Do you want to do you want to go out, you know, for a co do you want to grab a coffee or a drink, mm -hmm. whatever it is? We're almost pressing the reset button in terms of how we, um, you know, the kind of social interactions with people, and it's and you know we we all, we're always always closed off in terms of like strangers, mm -hmm. but I guess the great idea of being here today is that when you set out a stall, you you can actually break that ice, you can break that barrier. Yep. So it's important to have these you know paraphernalia around saying this is who we are, this is what we're about, and you know. Um, and yeah, we can generate. I mean, I was having a conversation just before. Uh, a lady came along saying, "What's this all about? What's going on?" And she she's a she's a lady, and she actually lives out in the West End. And she told me that she did have a depression anxiety before, but she feels she's in a good place now. So she might be dropping into the to the show at some point. Fantastic! So no, no, it's good signposting for us. That was our well. only goal for today, and I think then yeah. Yeah, we've achieved it. Yeah. yeah sort of well, what we're going to do is take a break, and then I think we'll be here at the end to. Uh, um, to basically end the show here, I thought it was a good Can idea. Can you ask what it means to you? Do you want to yes, yeah. Yet? I guess just very briefly, yeah. it means something in terms of. I mean, like, uh, uh, like you said, we're using the word awareness. It yeah. still is about sort of letting people be aware. Yeah. But I think that I think the word awareness means something different these days. Yeah. It's not about, as I just said, it's not about being aware of that mental health is a thing. Yeah. It's being aware that you're not alone now. It's being aware to see that, and there are actual tools to deal with it and get better and, and cope with it because I think also as well we're at the point where we need to also teach certain people that there's no cure for a lot of these things and it's about just managing life and managing how your mind works and um, to the best of your ability and I think that's that's what it means to me it's showcasing to people that you can get better there is a there, there, there are opportunities for you to do that it's just taking that I guess first leap or first step 
to want to get better and realizing like it does require a bit of effort to get yeah. better. There's no uh, there's no qualm about it. And just but a quick you know, case in point, like uh, with me, you know how running is important to me. I know we've just had the Great North Run like a few weeks back, but I was actually sat down last weekend or was the weekend before. I was watching the Glasgow Run on telly. Yeah, yeah. And it was interesting because each person they stopped and talked to. Um, the reason I went, there was more mental health charities that they were trying to raise awareness for rather than just sort of physical because everyone had their own story do you know the uh, the guy from Frightened Rabbit uh, the lead singer the, the Glaswegian band I think they are, oh. he took his own life yeah, yeah. his brother was actually running in that race and yeah, oh. he gave a very moving account as to why he was running on that cool. on that day and I thought yeah, yeah. So even something that's sort of a, a physical or more of a physical sort of a aspect towards it there's, there's, a, there's a deep kind of mental core to why people are taking part in that too. absolutely now what we're going to do now is take a bit of a break um, and then you'll be back in the studio and then we'll be back later uh, with Helen Elliott from Newcastle Carers doing an interview and then we'll also maybe end the show here as well here in Central Library so we'll be back after these messages for the community by the community Voice FM 98.8 FM Welcome to your Community Announcement Answer Machine. To broadcast your Community Announcement on Spice FM free of charge, call 0191273988. Select Option 3 and record your message. No more messages. Kashmir Orphans Relief Trust, Aisha Ki Awaaz. आपको पता है मैं कोर्ट में रहती हूँ जो 2005 के जलसले के बाद ये और बेसहारा बच्चों के लिए आप सब ने बनाया यहाँ मैं पढ़ती हूँ खेलती हूँ कोर्ट में मेरे घर के बाद अब बायों के लिए हॉस्टल बन रहा है रमजान मुबारक में अपनी सकात सदकात और अत्याद के लिए सिर्फ कोर्ट का नाम याद रखिए कोर्ट यूके ऑफिस 0300123774 court.org.uk same old radio sound <sighs> then you need vibrant radio spice up your life spice fm 98.8 fm
Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Um, hello. We are, can you be quiet, please? Because we're kind of on the air. <laughs> can you be quiet? He's really loud. Can you be quiet? Thank you. Um, sorry about that. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, that was Jamaican Funk by Tom Brown. Um, sorry about that because um, the next one. Can you shut the door, guys? Ricky, can you shut the door? Um, sorry, that's really ignorant of them. Um, it's very loud. Um, but yeah, so anyway, that was, uh, as I said, Tom Brown with Jamaican Funk, and we were just discussing about what to do now. I think we got the, the plan is to do mental health news. Um, so yeah, we're going to do mental health news. <laughs> that, was so, that was so rude of her. That front last was so loud. You just, she's just, oh, my God. Oh god, prima donna. Um, sorry, <laughs> listen to this back and be like, I apologise to whoever is going to be coming on now, but that was incredibly rude. Um, but hey, anyway, so uh, yeah, so our plan is um, they're, they're going to go and make themselves occupied until about one. Um, so now we thought it would be a good opportunity to do mental health news, which is a segment that we normally do. Um, but what I wanted to just say as well, because I forgot to say this at the beginning of the show, if you'd like to contact us, you can do so at, at underscore men- mentally sound. We've had a, a good amount of retweets so far, which we really appreciate um, for this extra special edition, because we're doing three hours instead of two. Um, so yeah, um, a lot. And look at really that, the first hour's always got... I know, yeah, it's always took forever, it, yeah, but... Um, I think just time in general is going really fast at the minute. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so as I said, that was Tara and Ashley who were the ones who were making the noise there for no, a no, no, ways no, no, to well. No, 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 it wasn't. Oh, it wasn't. So really, really the, early. The, yeah. Was it Which Sheila? Was, yeah, yeah. Sheila and Gillian. So yeah. they're, not, they're not due till half one, yeah. so that's going to be a long wait for them. But yeah. hey. Well, because they wanted to know where the place was. Um, but there you go. So, yeah, so... So yeah, mental health news, Mr. Ricky. Um, does mm-hmm. that sound like good? So yeah. we'll do that till about one, and then we'll have our first guest, Tara and Ashley, will hopefully come mm-hmm. uh, about one o'clock. So yeah. So um, anything else you want to say, Mr. Ricky? Um, anything? Not at on all. On your no. mind? Just, uh, uh, well, I think we should, should mention the, um, the the bistro next door. Oh yeah, we should definitely. Yes. yes. Yeah, because I've always loved that bistro, but um, and sadly we've learned uh, very recently that it's closed. So. In a way, it kind of acted as mentally sounds um, green room in a way. Yeah. Th- oh, yeah. I always tell guests, you know, there's a great bistro next door for you to sort of chill out before before and after the interviews and stuff. Mm. Um, so I won't be able to tell them that. But we don't know what's what's going on. The current, the Amir, um, his his latest venture, I think, was one of them was choose a chicken. They're going to new premises. So I don't know what's going to become of that space now. But I do hope it's a it's another cafe or some sort of eatery because. Um, this the, the beacon's a great community hub, and I think it'd be nice if there's a a place where people can just chill and order a coffee. Yeah, or and it, it isn't really available for us at the minute, as you were saying. So yeah. the problem is, is that like we just went. So that's the why, guests yeah, walk in, guests will come um, in, and, and, and we don't have like a. There used to be like a because there's an on-air button over there, but it clearly doesn't work because there's like a, bu- a a red button that says on-air that should. Well, spice. Uh, if you're listening, I think something needs to be put up on the window just to say, you know. Right. Yeah. Just on air. Be quiet. Don't walk in. Yeah. Maybe we should just close the door. Lock, lock it. Maybe we should lock it. That actually does have a lock mechanism on it. So maybe we should lock it. Okay. And then if someone knocks, just now? say yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not a bad idea. And also just close it because because it, it also helps closing it properly because. Brilliant. And then we'll just stay like two minutes or something if they come in or something like yeah, that. That's a good then. idea. Because um, yeah, <laughs> I can't. I'm 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 struggling to move on because I just couldn't believe how loud that one last was. I mean, I, I'm hoping if you could hear it, if I could hear it in the headphones to the extent that I did, 
then obviously the the, the listeners can. Then it was you did that. I, I really, oh, people would go, hi, you know, <laughs> such a loud noise. Anyway, anyway, it's not their fault. I guess they didn't know what they were doing. In defence, in 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 their defence, a little bit, <laughs> because they've been previous guests and it's been like two three years since, and it was like, oh, how have you been? Kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. maybe be a bit of that. So. <laughs> like all lost friends. <laughs> we'll forgive them. We'll forgive yeah. on this again. Yeah, yeah. We'll hope to do a good interview. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Um, yeah, so. Um, as I say, the really jam-packed show, so, so we thought, because we usually do, just to be clear, if we do in a two-hour show, we would do mental health news around about one o'clock. I mean, mental health news kind of fluctuates because yeah. if we got a huge amount of guests. Mm-hmm. But I thought, we're doing a three-hour show, we should theoretically have an opportunity to do mental health news, and I think this is mm-hmm. the perfect time because we've got about 20 minutes. Yeah. So, fire away, Mr. Ricky. Well, this, mental this, health this, news. the first news item might, might take much of the time because I think this is, this is, this is huge, huge news. Um, okay. Well, there's two, three bits of news which happened this week, which I think is of, of huge importance. Mm-hmm. Um, so first off, the um, the Bureau of Investigative Journalism, um, they got together with Channel 4 News. And because there's no government data officially on on the, the level of home, homelessness mm-hmm. um, in the country, specifically as well, the level, level of homelessness, homelessness deaths, there's no like official data. So the investigative, this this bureau um, um, took stance on this, and what they found out was it, it's actually it, it, it's a scandal essentially. So they found out in in the last um, year that as many as 449 homeless people have died on our streets, um, wow. which if you think about it is is more than one one a day. Yeah. Uh, charities, uh, homeless homelessness charities have, have have said you know this is a wake up call. Um, the and, and you know we have I guess you know we've talked about stereotypes previously on the show regarding homeless people, um, <clears throat> what we might assume their backgrounds are, what they are, what they're doing there. But the the the, the bureau actually gave gave more data on on the the types of people that we've lost. Mm-hmm. So these the homelessness people who who've perished. Uh, uh, these includes like former soldiers. Uh, one was a, a, quant- a quantum physicist. Uh, another one was a travelling musician. Uh, a volunteer. One was a, a father of two. Uh, wow. Another one was a, a biggest youth seller. Mm-hmm. So a whole range of people um, with with you know n- no stereotype fits them in because they all had colourful and, and and qualified backgrounds. So yeah. we know, like to put things in a little box, don't we, to say, oh, it's just these homeless people who never worked or yeah. never had an opportunity to do anything, and it's just it's not true at all. Um, it's just that's convenient for society to say that because then we don't have to help them get to where they once once were. Yeah. Um, if they were always failures, then that's always the argument and goal. They don't deserve to be helped, whereas I think everybody deserves to be helped to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, obviously, not if someone's done like a serious crime or something. But I'm just saying. But it's shocking as you know, well that no no government, and I don't mean just this one, but but maybe previous governments as well, have never really took stance on actually. Getting official data and recording the number of people who have died, uh, I think that's hugely disrespectful. Yeah. Um, so the, the the report also could it be that they don't want me to know? <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. I mean, it happens with the, it happens with um, ESA and stuff like that. Is that people who 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 commit suicide, for example, in relation yes, to benefits, yes, yes, um, yes. they tried to cover that yes, up. Uh, we yes. talked about this on this show. And that's um, one of the most, uh, in a way, a gratifying thing on social media, that, that there's activists out there who have yeah. got the way to find that data. And go, here's the yeah. real information, yeah. or here's what they, if I've got it, why aren't the government yeah. sending it out? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, some of the causes of death of, of, of these um, people, um, 
uh, unsurprisingly, suicide is is one of them. There's also been murder. There's also there's been drug overdoses. Um, starvation was another one. Uh-huh. So yeah, um, um, you think with all the, with all the food in the world, yeah, I mean, um, there's starvation. This is the thing that most. I would, it's, you know, I think you know the the other bits of news I'll read as well. But you know, uh, given that this is um, the week that has been um, you know World Mental Health Day. Um, and I don't think it's just coincidence. I think it's just fact. Um, but yeah, I suppose given it is being the week that it is, it does bring it home a lot more sharply. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. But it's also been the same week where the government appointed uh, the first ever suicide prevention minister. Um, wow. Now, obviously, uh, as as the mental health advocates, I think yourself and me would would say that's a welcome move. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do welcome this move absolutely, but at the same time, I also meet it with some sort of caution, because you wonder, with especially with the news I just read out before regarding homelessness, um, just how how serious would 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 that be? There's been, you know, I think the, you know the, the Labour government had previously appointed a mental health minister um, to work alongside, you know, health ministers and so on. But I mean, uh, I mean, here's just an example of what I'm trying to say, because the 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 the, the current the the minister who's been appointed, given given this this job, mm-hmm. um, made a cross joke um, not so long back regarding um, um, she was she was making a quip regarding another political party, and she 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 apparently had said um, <coughs> I'd rather I'd rather jump off Beachy Head, which you know is a well known a well known suicide thing. Yeah, I was talking I was telling uh, <coughs> my partner about about Beachy Head that it's because uh, people actually go as volunteers or just being nice people and like yeah. play guitar and yeah and there's a phone box there phone apparently box, yeah. Yeah. yeah um and you know just people actually like go do you want to talk about it um mm-hmm. which is a wonderful i mean what wonderful people to do that knowing that it's a place that people like to go mm-hmm. and it's how horrible that it's known for that kind of thing mm-hmm. um there, there was a i don't know what the do- I, um, just a, a quick segue because it's in my head is that mm-hmm. me and uh, Haley was watching something last night and it was something to do with a woman who writes notes on bridges to stop people yeah, from jumping yeah, yeah, yeah. i don't know what the program was i don't know if you know was about that it a local me. story i think i can't remember what it was yeah i, I think, think it might have been a, it might have been on there, like there a is a local show. story yeah a girl uh going, going off from memory i think this is a Previous mental health news I want to read out in previous show, but it ran out of time. Yeah, yeah. On Sunland, um, is it Weirmouth Bridge, the the main bridge that goes? I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a last had been uh, I don't know her name, um, but she'd been commended um, be- for doing that very. Yeah, reason. she writes like you know almost like you know nice cards yeah. and sticks them to f- bridges and sometimes even go to <coughs> bridges and uh, and there's actually there was an example on the program my partner was watching. Where she, where she, it shows her stopping a person yeah. because the person reads a card and stops her from jumping. When you talk about landmarks, um, in a way, bridges as well as Beachy Head have become sadly landmarks for such a thing. Um, mm-hmm. it, it also reminds me that I know in China that, that there's this guy who's a dedicated guy. That he's, he's he's been given the nickname the Angel of whatever that place is. Yeah. Um, and he makes it his thing to stop people from committing suicide. So he literally grabs people. Who, mm-hmm. who are on the verge of just like stepping off? Yeah, you know? um, and this goes. I think even in I think I think. Oh well, yeah, that'd be classed as assault, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is so ridiculous. And I think yeah. um, is it the the Golden Gate Bridge, San Francisco? Is that right? I think that's another well-known one. Yes, and yeah. there's people there. 
I think there's phone boxes there as well to prevent people. Well, well it makes sense. Most bridges and people who are depressed. That's yeah. why I don't go on bridges anyway. Not that I, not that I would ever want to do that. But I'm just saying, mm. um, I don't like bridges. I'm not a fan of heights. So I mean, you know, it it does make. Some well, sort well, it reminds of me, sense. um, because you you were good enough to uh, finish the podcast, and I was listening to one. Remember the the chat we had with Mark Edwards, who wrote the book. Oh yeah. And he often talked about in his book that it was a particular railway bridge which he would go often go down too often and several times he stood on that bridge and just thought about it yeah, yeah. yeah. I know so horrible mm. that's why you need to start like that's the that's where you need to go you need to help these people and mm. um, but yeah it's funny because I'm glad we're doing mental health news because there's a few things that I saw over the fact that it was World Mental Health Day and all that yeah. kind of stuff and there's been a lot of mental health stuff going on mm. but I'll obviously get you help you, uh, you know obviously you can go through your headlines and then if you haven't mentioned it I'll mention mm. it towards the end but um, because yeah, there's been a lot of of mental health talk online, which I think is a good thing. Um, you know, because obviously we wanted to be all the time, but I guess if if we've talked about, we touched on this at the in the um the audio we played for World Mental Health Day, mm-hmm. the the intro that we did about mm-hmm. what does World Mental Health Day actually mean, and I think if, I think that's the purpose is to get people who might not necessarily talk about it talk about it. Um, and realise that it is a thing that affects everybody, um, and I, and I, I think that's the the power of it really. Um, and I'm pleased, like you said about not using. You said this on the last show about not using awareness so much, because I, I think we're past that point now. I think most people are aware of what the mental health is a thing, mm-hmm. um, and just and now it's how. What do we do about it? I think is the. the it's, ironic, the, it's ironic, isn't it, that the word awareness needs less awareness. Yeah, I know. Yeah. We put it yeah. Into action, yeah. Now it's more about letting people be aware of what to do about it. Yeah, and um, what 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 solutions are out there mm. um, but yeah uh, another quick one um, because I know we've talked about it endlessly uh, universal credit um, um, it's being it's like Lord Voldemort now on our <laughs> it looks like that it, it is going to be despite activists uh, efforts to try and scrap it and halt it because um, they fear that I mean th- we've had two former prime ministers this week say that it needs to be halted because they fear it's going to be lead to potential riots and this is on the back of the the current DWP minister um, has has confirmed that some people will be r- worse off for it yeah. as much as two hundred pounds. Um, wow, that's a is, lot. Yeah, I mean, w- y- if you listeners out there will know that we've talked about it and go to our previous podcast, I, it's almost to the point where the more I talk about it, the more angry I'm going to be. Yeah. Um, you know, the idea that our most vulnerable people... And as I say, as someone who's currently on it with my partner, is that um, it, it, it seems to be getting on it and getting the right level, mm-hmm. but it's the fact that it's not being implemented at all well. I mean, I, I can give you an example just in our, pers- in our personal life, and I'm sure Hayley won't mind me saying this, is um, she's been constantly bugged about giving evidence to something she's gave evidence to right at the beginning and it's happened to me you know this through what i went through when i transferred universal credit some months ago um it was me i think it was and they kept asking (laughs) they kept asking for my um for my tenancy agreement like over and over and over again to the point of i was going to the same work at in walls end uh, metro and basically going uh, Walls and Metro, Walls and uh, Job Centre, sorry, um, and giving him the tenancy agreement. Going, I've seen this already three times, and I'm like, you feel like you're telling you're me you're the code. You're talking to like a record player on anything. You're talking to a system. You're talking to a computer that doesn't know what it's doing. You're talking to workers who it's, they say it's the same person. It's not. It's always somebody different. Um, and when you do go to your work person inside the job centre. 
there's like nobody around. There's a whole area dedicated to Universal Credit, and it's only to solve problems, not to go there and kind of go, is there anything I need to do? Because I find myself asking that far too often during the process. I go, is there anything I can do? No. And then it still comes up that you've not done enough. And uh, it's so frustrating. And, I, and I've been like trying to be, the, and I think Haley would say I've been the supportive one, because I guess the advantage I have is I went through it, I had I had parents who I could borrow money off and give it back mm-hmm. to as my mum, and then um, in our situation with we were just fortunate that we had money. Mm-hmm. Uh, is 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 painfully simple as that is. I think that's ultimately the crux of the problem. But after all that and all the stuff I've just mentioned, and constantly getting having to show evidence that we've already done a million times because. Um, Haley has to show that she looks after her dad, which mm-hmm. is what she's been doing for a long time because mm-hmm. her dad has a bad, really bad hip. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's just it's just crazy. And uh, but after all that, I still find myself wanting to say, if it was implemented correctly, yeah. I think it's a better system. Yeah. Um, it just penalises you a little bit too much. Um, and it's such a pain to get the right amount of money, um, mm. because you'll constantly be undercut, and then they'll 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 have to work out, and so you might be waiting three or four weeks for like money that you needed. You needed. Well, you know, like, I, I, try not, I try not to be um, a, a, as political on this show. Yes. Um, I am an activist, and <clears throat> but it's just it's just frustrating. I guess everything is political in some ways, but you know, especially this week, uh, the, the prime minister said that nobody would be worse off. Uh, she said that midweek or during Prime Minister's questions. And then the actual minister said, yes, some people will be. So how are people supposed to get their head around this when you're contradicting uh, yeah, statements, statements like yeah. that? Yeah. No, I know. But um, yeah, so I, I, I do think it needs a major amount of work. Mm-hmm. Whether it needs an overhaul, I'm not sure. But the problem also is, is that universal credit, and I've always said this before, but I'll say it again for people who are new listening, is universal credit is essentially... Um, an amalgamation of, of, of benefits put together. Yeah. But the problem is, is that if you've been claiming for an individual benefit, or you can claim for one individual benefit and not be on universal mm-hmm. credit. Mm-hmm. So how's like? So I think the only way it works is if you scrap everything and put everyone on universal credit, mm-hmm. but not everybody's on universal credit, which is why it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. The reason things come up problematic is that if you've been claiming housing benefit before, which is what I did, that was the whole reason I, I screwed up with the housing element because they kept going, but you were claiming housing housing benefit before. So that stops and you go on universal credit because universal credit has its own housing imp- implement. But it's a bonus to the standard amount of money. So there's, it, 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 it's it's weird that it's like a lot of things. A good plan is only a good plan when it's ex- executed yeah. properly. And like with, um, my, with my ACOR trade not, union, um, yeah. the big, it was the biggest issue amongst... Mm-hmm. People, because the the slow rollout means that they get further discriminated by rogue landlords and they fall into rent arrears and it's just... Yeah, know, and, you, and governments, and governments, and, governments uh, telling people to go to debt companies is the biggest thing I've ever heard. Um, they should be ashamed of themselves because I think that's so appalling because uh, well, you're going to get that, cynics. Yeah, even like going to food, go, go to your food banks, you know, it's a yeah. good thing. I mean, it's a, yeah. it's great that they're there, but it, I think it's a... It's but a, the whole reason to be on benefits, the whole reason to be on benefits is that you don't have to do that. Yeah. That's what's so, that's what's so silly. It's going to be a safety net. Yes, it, yeah? a safety net of that people don't get to that yeah. level and yeah. if it works, then nobody should yeah. go starving hungry and nobody should without a roof over their head if you live in this country and you're from here. Like, 
you know, it, 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 it's so ridiculous that they think that that's now like, you know, I guess I guess to summarise this because you're right, we're going to be on this forever if we keep talking. I think the I'm way I was dealing with the with some of the guests on the show. Yeah, it'll come back. Yes, yeah, so that's why we'll stop talking about it now individually because we'll be we'll be on it forever. <laughs> but um, it's basically like. I don't see it as them solving the solution and keeping the bar like to this level an acceptable standard. They go, we'll just make the bar lower and then leave it there, and then that then then it'll solve everything. Just make the bar lower and lower and lower and lower. It's like you just said earlier. So we'll just give them two hundred pound less and then that'll do, or we'll just make them go to food banks and then they'll not be fed properly and then that'll do, and uh, that'll do. It comes across as like the that'll do. Well, policy see, the current system is designed to get people off benefits and into work, but you hear more and more stories of of in work poverty. So people who are working can't make ends meet, which is why more work workers are actually going to food banks as well yeah. to make it up. So mm-hmm. it's very contradictory, and it just doesn't make sense. And, mm-hmm. You know, and people on on zero hours contracts, you know, how are they can. Technically, they're in work, but how are they meant to guarantee? And you've got to you've got to essentially make sure that you um that you um that you that you that you get a job that covers what you yeah. get in benefits and yeah. um, that's really hard to do because obviously as well not only do you get the money that you get for benefits but you get the the, the council tax exemption yeah. and all that kind of stuff for, for certain things you'll get you know and you get you know you get you get certain um um discounts on certain mm-hmm. things and um, that'll rack up so then that that'll that'll leak into what money you would make by going to a by going to a job doing a job yeah. Um, and then obviously, like you got to pay taxes on that job if you earn a certain amount of money and all this mm-hmm. kind of thing. And it, it just it, it you have to make you have to. The, it, I understand the issue, and as someone who wants to get work that would sublet that, mm-hmm. I would gladly do that. But the issue is that it's. I think for people who are probably less qualified than I am, in particular, who don't have many qualifications, will go. What could I get that would replace what I'm already on? That that that's what I find a question I don't have the answer to, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's what's unfair because they're asking for someone to climb a mountain and not have any like tools to do it. Well, we'll end um, it there because yeah. I think the 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 issue of mental health and working is is, is significant to a couple of other yes. Guests we're going to have guests on, as particularly the one about mention this one. Yes, very yes, last one. Yeah, we'll just go to one, so it's fine. <coughs> Lighthearted news, and this is actually a bit of news I've been meaning to read for a few months, but never got okay, Yeah, I know, because we keep missing mental health but news. But this is, yeah, I like this one, and mm-hmm. I really wanted to read it out. So, um, <laughs> very quickly, which comic did you read as a kid? Um, was there a specific Oh, quite a few. Um, obviously, Beano. Oh. Um, every, I think everyone in this area... Well, let's stop it there, because mine was Beano as well. Yeah. And this is the Beano story. Mm-hmm. Um, so, they've launched a new uh, comic strip, and it's, and she's, it's called Mandy and Her Mobile. Mm-hmm. And the idea is is that um, young man, young Mandy, it's actually well, actually it's it's in co- uh, collaboration. I understand with Young Minds, mm-hmm. and the character of Mandy, she she faces new pressures that you know that can have an input in children's mental health. So, um, like getting your first phone, it's it's understanding about social media and, and how they Great. go through challenges and uh, and yeah, uh, the idea is to encourage people, kids especially, to talk openly about their well-being and their mental health, and sp- particularly in schools and. Um, yeah, it really make a difference. So I'm excited about that. I'm gonna give a shout out um, to my to a guy who's been on my podcast okay. called Neil, and he does a mental health comic book. So if you 
um, free plug for my podcast, I guess, but I, I don't mean this to, for that reason because I think it is a good idea. Is so Neil was on my Geek Apocalypse podcast and he does a um, series of twisted comics mm-hmm. so they're called twisted dark and twisted light mm-hmm. and the twisted dark is about depression and twisted light is about the opposite uh, the opposite mm-hmm. um and it's basically a mental health comic book um and he now okay. teaches people how to do comics um and oh, you mentioned uh, yeah it. he's really good he's really good um i'm tempted to ask him to come back on the show again because um i did his first session because it was a free one, just to see what like a taste of his comic book. Um, do do a pre record for Mentally Sound? Um, I should do, yeah, because I think that's a good idea. Yeah, um, yeah, and he's really, um, yeah. Anyway, so because com- um, comics, I guess, just a very very simplistic version of what of what you were getting at is comic books. Essentially, superheroes only work by having flaws. So Bruce Bruce Wayne's a great example because in Batman. Um, he is traumatized by witnessing his parents dying in front of him by by a street. Was thing. that the original concept? That was the original the concept. Yeah, some some Batman's never, take it out. Never got told that in the earlier. So, some story. some of them get taken out because they thought it was too graphic. Because then you got to bear in mind some of these started off as graphic novels, which are a lot more mature for mature audiences. And they'll keep, they'll thinking them down to something happens. So the the Adam West series never. Did no, no, because that was all slapstick. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, the real comic book was based on that he saw his parents die in the street by a street a street thug, okay. um, and you know, so he's traumatized and wants to do good. But does he want to do good for the sake of doing good, or does he want to do good because he wants to not remember what happened to him? Mm. Um, and so the ultimate thing is the reason why you pull for superheroes is because they have an inherent flaw, something that they have to deal with, that they struggle with, and that you empathize, and then you want them to win. Um, and so that's why, so you know, that's a great example of that mental health is in more things than you realize because, you know, obviously comic, comic book films in particular are just, you know, full of full of life at the minute. Um, and there's mental health in that. So if there's people listening to this still thinking that mental health doesn't matter or they don't witness it or they're not involved or they're not influenced by it, um, they're in, it's in a ton of stuff. Um, Does that mean that if someone invented a superhero now without that kind of um, mental health background, is that... Is that considered sort of not worthy, or do you know what I mean? Sort of uh, say that again. If there's if there, if someone came up with a new superhero mm-hmm. right now, would it be wrong to say that you know if they didn't have that mental health background to their narrative? Would there, would it be well, not necessarily mental health. It's just you have to have flaws. You have to they have to have empathy because um I listen I listened to Stan Lee um who who ran Marvel for a long time and he did it with Jack Kirby. Um, and the whole idea was that he said that he kept, if you come up with a character who doesn't have flaws, the audience don't empathise with them. Um, so so the it doesn't necessarily be mental health. Yes, exactly. It doesn't have to be mental health because okay. if they were larger than life to the point of they didn't have, I mean, let, let me put it this way, most superheroes have a human element. Mm. So they're not aliens, mm. you know, they, they've got a human instinct to them. Like, I mean, even Superman, even though he was from Krypton, um, was the guardian of Earth, mm. so you you empathise with him because he protected the, the human species, and he had human parents. So um, so so again, it, that that's the segue into that Spider Man, human who got bitten by a spider, mm-hmm. um, became superhero in that sense, and he's an outcast because he's different. Um, it all ties in with social. It's the same with Star Trek, you know, Star Trek. 
um, if it didn't have the social problems of whatever that day and age was, then people wouldn't want to watch it because it would they wouldn't relate to it all the time. I mean, because it's fantasy, but it's fantasy with a purpose. Um, most fantasy elements have to have a purpose for it to 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 resonate with an audience. Um, I think I've you heard know. Will Wheaton say some of the things. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he often does. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, so if you if we have time, we need to take a break now because I think they might be waiting for us. The, um, them two guests there mm-hmm. is them because uh, we locked the door for the case. <laughs> is them? Um, yeah, I must remember about a couple of things mental health wise about football that I saw, and I don't know if that was on your list of news, no. but if it's not, um, we might talk about that at some point okay. soon. Um, but what we're going to do now is play a break for ads, and then we're going to play Bruce Springsteen. Uh, with No Surrender, which is one of my favourite songs, with special guests. Oh, great. Well, so have I. So, uh, yeah, No Surrender, and it's it's his live version with Brian Fallon from Gaslight Anthem, who I'm a huge fan of. So we're going to play that, and then we'll be back in the studio with our first guest right after this. Sick of the same old radio sound? (sighs) Then you need Vibrant Radio. Spice up your life. Spice FM, 98.8 FM. The new food sensation in Newcastle has landed. Food Monkey, mouth-watering curries, delicious kebabs and grill, and all your favourite Indian street food, including our infamous masala chai. So whether it's lunch, a cheeky tea time snack or dinner, it's all about Food Monkey. Food Monkey, Stanhope Street, next to Hutchinson's Fruit and Veg. Search us out on social media or log on at foodmonkeyuk.com. The Glasses Factory has arrived on West Road in Newcastle. To celebrate the opening of our new flagship store, the Glasses Factory are offering free eye tests, plus a £5 voucher for each eye test conducted. The Glasses Factory are always here to help. We have multilingual assistants in Punjabi and Urdu, and also both male and female attendants. See for yourself. The Glasses Factory, 498 Westgate Road, Newcastle. Call 0191 273 8460. Log on at Glasses factory.co.uk or search us out on Facebook. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Spice FM, 98.8 FM. Oh, 
street tonight. The lights are growing dim. The walls of my room are closing in. There's a war outside, still raging. See it in eyes, dead and more. I wanna sleep beneath peaceful skies in my lover's bed. With a wide open country in mind, these romantic dreams of life. Hello everybody, welcome back to Mentally Sound here on Spice FM, 98.8 FM, that was the water delightful, I mean, I don't need to say that because everyone knows who Bruce Springsteen is, but yeah, with uh, No Surrender, which is one of my favourite songs, with Brian Fallon from Gaslight Anthem, who is very often regarded as the, like, sort of spiritual Bruce Springsteen of the modern times, I guess, even though Bruce is still going strong, and as my partner pointed out when we watched this video last night on YouTube, he looks great for his age. <laughs> At least I think so. I, I even agree with that. I <laughs> yeah, yeah, so... Um, but yeah, so as I was uh, mentioning, I'm really, really delighted to see our first guest have been waiting patiently in the wings. I actually saw you. It's Tor, isn't it? Yeah. I saw you walk past and walk back and forth, and I was like, oh, I hope she knows knows where we are, because <laughs> I think you went into into the other the other room for a second, I which didn't is interesting. That's fine. I mean, uh, that's good because another yeah, guest. Only all our guests were that. <laughs> yeah, you need to lean in when you talk, okay? So because we, we and uh, Ricky are sharing a mic, so the um, guests can get it. So yeah, we're with Tor and Ashley. That's correct. From correct. Um, ways to wellness. So, hello guys, nice to see you. Uh, it's a pleasure. Nice. nice to be here. Oh, thank you very much. Um, so yeah, so I guess the obvious question to start, and I'll I'll do it like ta- like Tara, like it's um university challenge or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Tara, <laughs> question one. Um, so with ways to wellness, can you just tell us what that is and your involvement in it? Sure, sure. I'm the chief executive of Ways to Wellness. I started with them a little more than three and a half years ago, and that was when Ways to Wellness first started. Uh, getting patients referred in from the west half of the city, so the GP practices in, in this side of Newcastle. And uh, we it's called social prescribing. So it's a service that uh, complements the medical uh, model, so what the clinicians and GPs and nurses and people working in hospitals provide, but is there to kind of help people with their more practical or social or emotional aspects of their life and things that might impact their lifestyle, choices they make that might help with, their, um, with managing their health and just having increased well-being. So our, our aims are to uh, improve people's well-being 
and also to reduce unneeded hospital costs, mm -hmm. so people going into hospital at times when they don't necessarily need to. Yeah, that, we've seen that happen a lot. Like my mom was in hospital for uh, something that she didn't need to be in hospital for and got kind of stuck there. And I don't know, I mean, well, I'll ask you about that in a second. But Ashley, um, what's your involvement then? So I, I work with one of the two teams that provide the Waste to Wellness contract. Okay. Um, we, as Tara mentioned, we work very much on the ground with people. Um, we understand that an effective healthcare package is more than simply just the medical advice. Mm -hmm. um, we know that there is the emotional support, the, the, the kind of accessing services, making sure people have got the access to the, the things that we need day to day. And, yeah. and actually looking after ourselves is an ongoing day to day kind of process. And, and actually we like to make sure that people don't need the doctors for that support quite mm -hmm. as much as, as sometimes they may do. Mm -hmm. um, so as I said, I work with one of the teams, the one of the two teams that provide the waste to wellness um, service. Uh, we've been doing it. I think we're into our fourth year now, aren't we? So um, going strong, still, mm -hmm. still carrying on with it. Yeah. So when you say two teams, like how are they? Are they the same teams, but you're just in one, or are they two different teams? Like do they do? Do they supply different things? Okay, no, no. So the the two teams are exactly the same. They're oh, just two providers from two different um, subcontractors. Yeah. All oh, right. Okay. Effectively. Yeah. I just was wanted no, 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 no. <laughs> um, That kind of makes sense now. Um, so how long have you been involved with these guys? I've been involved with this for just about two years, give okay. or take. Just there, there about two years now. So. Yeah, it's been really, really nice to see the journey mm -hmm. from kind of from the start of my time with it until where we're up to now. We've obviously really got some nice, some lovely stories with a few of the patients that we've, right. we've got. I'm sure we can get into that. Yeah. Um, uh, obviously, with <laughs> keeping people's confidentiality, well, we don't want to say that. But how about you, Tara? So how long have you been involved in it? Uh, I started about shy of four years, three and three quarter years ago. Right. So just before uh, we started accepting patients, so okay. just before startup. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And how how you find? I mean, do, do you do you find fulfillment in doing it? Because I think one of the reasons that I find it interesting when you help someone in this sort of area is that people might find it. Because I used to work um, as a youth worker, um, so I guess in a in a, in in support work as well, which obviously can have its emotional, um, you know, d involvement as it were. So I guess being in this sort of industry, do you do do you find it fulfilling that and um, rewarding for yourself that you get to like sort of help people in difficult situations? Oh, definitely. I, I actually used to be an occupational therapist, so I've always right. really loved working directly with people. Now, unfortunately, I, I have taken a step back, but I guess what the advantage is is now I can see we've had, over these last three and a half years, we've had 5,000 patients referred. So wow. the scale of the difference, you know, I'm a bit removed, but the scale is there, and it's really, really fulfilling and satisfying to see that we're... You already um, sort of mentioned social prescribing before. I'm very interested in that phrase. Could you give it a bit more definition for people out there who haven't sort of understanding what it is? And is it is it a new concept, or has it been going on for a while? Why don't I start? And then I'm going to pa pass you to Ash okay. to add the, on the on the front line color mm. to it. Social prescribing's been around a long time, but okay. actually, it's just kind of gaining momentum, and it's starting to become a term that people outside mm -hmm. of kind of small circles are starting to understand. What mm -hmm. it it's been funded um, in small ways for years, decades even. Mm -hmm. they, they didn't always use the term. Sometimes they did, but mm -hmm. essentially, the term came out of if you have. I think the example normally as a GP or say a nurse in a, in a GP practice, mm -hmm. they want to prescribe something for someone. They know that they have a, an array of kind of pills. It could be antidepressants or various mm -hmm. other things they could prescribe, but they know that isn't what the patient needs. They mm -hmm. know what they really need is something more in their in their social life, the mm -hmm. more emotional and practical and social. So it is really bespoke, it's really individualized, and each person it's going to be something slightly different, but we badge it by saying social as an yeah. umbrella term, and the prescribing comes 
from yeah. this kind of it's a kind of a hangover from mm-hmm. this idea that a GP needs to prescribe. They don't really, yeah. but mm-hmm. the term is a bit in in a way it's not my favorite term. Yeah. But it's this really broad and and maybe Ash can add some color to some specifics yeah. about it. Yeah. So um, I think Tara mentioned or, mm-hmm. or kind of noted on some of those topics. It's really about connecting people with the mm-hmm. community, mm-hmm. making sure they've got the access to the services or the groups or mm-hmm. things that they may enjoy, just to try and make sure that people can do more of what they like to do, yeah. more of what they enjoy doing mm-hmm. for their mental health, for their mental well being. Mm-hmm for the, the physical well-being it all kind of goes hand in hand as well especially with the the medical side of the curve that they receive from the from the surgeries so i read on your website as well that you assign link workers is it is it a link worker per patient is it that sort of relationship or is there sort of you know what is it less one-on-one or one to a group or so our link workers we do work one with one one-to-one with our clients yep. um, we are very very face-to-face in, in a lot of ways it is very very personalized so if someone just mm-hmm. simply requires phone contact or, or mm-hmm. support in that's that matter we can certainly work in that way we set up and run our own groups as well which we call mutual aid groups we like to bring together a a bunch of um like-minded similar people that have gone through the same kind of life experiences to to see if we can help each other and that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. um it's very very personalized for whatever Mm -hmm. the the patient needs themselves we do work one-to-one um our link workers are are fantastically skilled and work across quite a large caseload um so yeah, it's um, it, it's lovely to see some of the outcomes on that one. Yeah, sorry about the giggles. It's just I don't know if you've heard because I heard it in my headphones. Just someone sneezing outside. I mean, Ashley was doing a very unbelievably good answer, and then all of a sudden you just hear someone just sneezing at his uh, sneezing at his thing. But um, that, anyway, it was just that was just funny at the time. But um, I wanted to just relate it to the point of. I mean, it's 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 fascinating because we said it's a good dynamic talking about someone at the front line essentially, and sort of I guess behind the scenes. Would that be fair? Um, and I just wanted to touch on because me we talk about this all the time on the show. Um, you mentioned GPs and mentioned um, you know maybe being on antidepressants and not necessarily needing to be. And I guess I'm in relation to ending up coming to yourselves and what you guys provide. Do you think that's the that's essentially the issue with mental health in relation to getting the help that they need that they go to what they think is the sensible thing to do? Because this what I guess what I'm getting at is if someone says I have a problem. Someone will go, well, go to your GP and talk about it, but your GP might not provide essentially what you need um, because they're not got accurate signposting, or at least that's how we describe it. Do you think that's fair and that's what the core issue is and why you guys you know, are the, the solution, as it were, to helping them get better? I think if you if you think about it, a GP is very skilled and, 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 yeah, and course, their team, yeah. and so, but they only have a, a limited toolbox. Yeah. They only have so many things they can pull out, and antidepressants are really helpful for a lot of people. But if that's the, if, if that's all you've got in your toolbox, toolbox for someone who's feeling low mood, and there are other things and referrals into psychological therapies, etc. But I think we just in, increase their toolbox. Yeah. So when a, a GP is, is looking at a patient thinking, I know there's a lot that I don't know about what's available in the community. I think there's a, probably a lot going on with this person in their personal life. There's probably a conversation that the seven minutes I have yeah. isn't going to allow for. I think there's something in a link worker's toolbox that can be pulled out that might just unlock something for this person and it might work in tandem with what mm-hmm. the clinical it kind of feels like an yeah. essential tool doesn't it I, mean, before, oh. I know Ashley answers it's like giving them essential tools as opposed to we often refer to it as giving a band-aid over the cancer kind of thing is that you're only just sort of limiting it from stabilizing them t- like in the short term do you think that's fair like a sort of essential tools for something like you, what you do Ashley yeah um, I think just to, to kind of further on from what Tara was saying I think that the GPs are obviously they're, they're great at what they do and, and, yeah. and medication is obviously in some cases very very necessary yes um, 
we we know that linking people into into services and making sure that we've got the connections within the community, whether that's to avoid social isolation or or just to enjoy some of the things we do day to day, is is just as powerful as any pill. So just to kind of go in hand in hand with it, mm-hmm. really. So you kind of your band aid and your 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 essential your your analogy to kind of start yeah, with, really. It, it is kind of a little yeah. bit of both there, to be yeah. fair, because yeah, you know, you obviously in some situations is someone's ill Because I mean, just to be upfront here, that I've been I've been sectioned before, um, because I have bipolar disorder. Um, and it's and I, and I think a lot of um, this is just my own lived experience, but um, I think the situation that I was in didn't shouldn't have happened. Um, it kind of just was a lot of bad decisions that led to me getting worse and worse and worse. Um, and I think through experience of living my life and getting better, and I'm a lot happier now, is getting the tools to be happy in my own life and 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 dealing with what symptoms I have with my bipolar disorder as opposed to waiting until it gets bad um i mean i feel like we're like avoiding the elephant in the room to say we we're a big we're big fans of prevention before it ever gets like to a stage where it's really really bad so do you think along the grounds of that if we kind of just in it i'm guess i'm asking this in a generalistic sense if we cared more about preventing stuff happening do you think there'd be less people in bad situations in relation to mental health yeah so i mean certainly the work that we do we we definitely see that they're being proactive and facing these things yes. and trying to fix the issues before they become mm-hmm. real kind of debilitating debilitating to your lifestyle. Definitely being reactive, proactive as opposed to reactive, I guess, is, yeah. is exactly just to mirror exactly what you're trying to say, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I guess from my perspective, there's something we, we know the body and the mind are so interconnected. And actually, mm-hmm. I don't I think we've come a long way in the last few decades in trying to understand that. But I think there's a lot more to understand. Mm-hmm. And I think recognizing that if you, if you live with a particular diagnosis, that how you live with it, it can vary. And if you have resilience and more supports and you have and you're linked into the community, as Ash mentioned, or you've got you, you feel more in control and you have more yes. choices, all that is going to really change. Even if you can't change your diagnosis, you still need to live with the diabetes mm-hmm. or the bipolar disorder. You, you can't change that necessarily. Yeah. But you really change with how you're living with it. And I yeah. think I think it may not be prevention of the actual diagnosis, but the exacerbation or the quality of life that you have or adding more comorbidities or more diagnoses, that's the kind yes. of thing we're hoping to prevent. Yeah, and I think so. it's very, I think what you said is very important because I think a lot of the times we don't look at that and look at like what's just how society reacts to it or something like that. I guess the sort of the discriminatory aspect of it, of seeing that, oh, we'll just, um, how about you just go somewhere and get it cured, which um, in a lot of cases can't. Because it's partly like you know how your brain was developed, or what you grew up with, what you grew up with, or it could be genetics or something like that. So I often found that once I started, in my experience, once I started not, um, you know, trying to not be like that, and actually, you know, in a sense, be me, um, because it's part of me, and then just learn how to cope with it, then you realise like it actually is much more beneficial, and in some ways actually has some good qualities to it. Um, and I think that's kind of like the the powerful point about it is that yeah to 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 um to learn how to deal with the symptoms that you describe. I guess it, it, the um, a friend of mine made a good quote. I don't know if you guys agree with this, but it's a bit like if someone has an anxiety disorder. I mean, in essence, when people say you need to deal with the anxiety, is exactly it really in a sense of just stop it getting to it um, to inhibit you that you can't live your life anymore because it's always going to be there because anxiety is in everybody's life but it affects you differently to everybody else. Um, but so yeah, it's interesting. So where are you guys based? Um, I guess is the is the next question. 
When we started, we were we had mm -hmm. a central office, and then we we have had uh, three charities and a social enterprise delivering the service, so that yes. we could kind of spread the service. We knew we wanted to get up to scale. We hope yes. to see. 11,000 patients over seven years. So by spreading it out, it meant we could, first of all, different charities and social enterprises could grow with us. Course, and yeah. it also meant that we could get um, different expertise feeding into it because there's a lot of community services that are really skilled in social prescribing. We now are down to two fairly sizable teams based in the West, we're all, all in the West, one with Mental Health Concern, which is a charity, and one with First Contact Clinical, a, yeah. a, a social enterprise. And that... Um, a lot of you work, you come back to a base and you, you offer appointments, but you work in the community, you work at GP practices, you sometimes meet people at community venues. Absolutely. You, yeah. well, you, you're kind of doing like outreach as well. You're actually going out to see people. Ab absolutely, yeah. yeah. So as Tara kind of started to touch on, we work across the uh, the GPs in the right. West End of Newcastle. Great. Um, there's quite a wide range along there, and, and they've all been really fantastic in, in welcoming us in to part of their pathway for their mm -hmm. own patients as well. And and some of the, the I mean, some of the work is fantastic. It's it's lovely to see. Can I have a can I have a quick question on on I read on your site as well about welfare rights because we've we've talked about this endlessly on the show. We know that our region, our city in particular. You, you're laughing. <laughs> I feel you have something yeah. to say on that. Um, but yeah, so universal credit, for example, and we know that we talked about debt as well. Has the gauntlet of sorting that out, particularly for vulnerable people, has that gotten larger in more recent times? Yeah, so I mean, I, I laugh because I, I, I think I kind of knew exactly where this one was going. Um, <laughs> of course, there is a massive pressure on it, isn't there? And, and it's it's something that a lot of people across the entire country face, as opposed to even just the West End and Newcastle. Um, services are very stretched. And services sometimes that, that can give that help and advice sometimes are limited or can't quite get mm -hmm. to as many people as quick as possible as we'd like or as quickly as we'd like it to be. Um, services very much like ours are there to try and help people connect with what they need. Mm -hmm. um, and, and a lot of times social social circumstances, scenarios, money, it's all really, really tied up in, in being able to, to kind of live your life, isn't it? You mentioned before that, that you know, things like phone contact, that, that immediately painted a picture for me that there's a lot of people out there that things like social isolation is more of an issue. So I guess social isolation means that someone who, for, for whatever reason, the, the, the poor mental well-being, they can't get out, they can't interact, therefore they don't know what their welfare rights are. So in effect, your part of your outreach that you were just saying there before is to go in and help them there with that. So could you describe a, a, a typical scenario, how, how that might work? Yeah, so um, I mean, we outreach the patients... Um, uh, at, at point A, we don't really know exactly what's going on. They're, they're a, a generic patient at this mm -hmm. point. We look to try and really fact find and try and see what's important to them as opposed to... We, we What we really like to do is ask the question, what matters to you as opposed to what mm -hmm. is the matter with you? Yes. Um, and that then starts to just really lead into a, a million and one different avenues. And, and sometimes that is welfare rights. Mm -hmm. We then look to make sure we link with the correct, correct organisations, the correct services, um, we're in place, we can, we'll support with filling forms in because sometimes that's a massive yeah, barrier yeah. for people. It's, it, yeah. it can drive a lot of anxiety filling a, I don't know, a 20-page form with all these, these complicated words from the DWP and, and we don't quite know exactly yeah. what they're asking for. Um, so we will support with these these kind of bits in, in the, into the media room, but we'll certainly make sure we get the experts' advice as well. Yeah, well, that's, what a fantastic answer. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that, um, to, um, to do a nice little segue to what we were talking about before is, I guess we want to do our own signposting and ask how can people who want to potentially use our services get in contact with you? Okay, so if 
you are within the West End of Newcastle, your GP is based in the West End of Newcastle. We do have some eligibility criteria attached to the service. Oh, okay. Um, those eligibility criteria are 40 to 74 with a um, with a long term condition. If you're not sure, just asking your GP. They'll be able to signpost you towards us and make referrals. Okay. If not, I'm sure Tara can give you the central numbers for. Um, for getting in touch with us directly. Um, okay. If they're not eligible for us, we generally try to run just a short signposting, just as a bit of a uh, like we a, don't help a us. signpost. Yeah, yeah, a bridge, a bridge across services, if you like. What did you say there? Just because I didn't quite hear. Is it? Do you say between forty and seventy-five? Forty to seventy-four. So NHS 74. health check is okay. yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, hmm. I think uh, there, there's more social prescribing springing up in the in Newcastle across the country. So if you're outside of those age ranges or have long-term conditions that aren't on our list of seven or eight, definitely um, ask at your GP practice. There's, okay. there's support available for people. And uh, what we're doing for the time for this seven-year contract that, we're ha that we have is to try and keep it to an age range where we can really demonstrate the evidence. And more evidence yeah. we get that this is effective, really improves people's well-being mm -hmm. and, and uh, leads to them using hospitals in appropriate ways, yes. then more likely that this funding will continue for the future. It makes a great deal of sense because people are like, you know, their brains are fully developed. They know who they are probably as people by 40 years old. And I can see what you're saying. That makes a great deal of sense because... Obviously, with us, we're essentially a signpost radio show, and that we we try and talk about we try and talk about all across the spectrum, um, and we find it interesting with sort of young people in particular, as because they often get misconstrued as something else if it's mental health orientated. I mean, I went, I went, I don't know, I can't speak for you, but I, went, I it went down the avenue for me of like he's just badly behaved, um, <laughs> you know, and and then looking back when I'm I'm now thirty, and now when I look back to that period of time and go, it was quite obvious I had a, I had something differently wrong with me, and I was not. I mean, I concur because I, I think the word signposting is becoming more and more evident now given that, you know, particularly in the West End and elsewhere, you know, services are being cut to the bone. People have less and less places to go to. It's fantastic that you guys are out there and others that are kind of putting people, in, you know, pointing them to the right direction. So, yeah. And now, thanks yeah, so yeah. much. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much, Tara and Ashley from Ways to Wellness. Thank you so much for coming in. Thanks and um, Yeah, hope it wasn't too painless. Well, <laughs> 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 too painless, painful, I should say. <laughs> hope it wasn't too painless. I hope we really affected your mental sure, health. Perfectly yeah. <laughs> 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 painless. Yeah. Okay, great. Thanks, 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 thank you. Thanks, thanks so much, guys. Thanks. Uh, right, um, what we're going to do now is huge thank you to our guests. We're going to take a break now because we have um, Sheila and Gillian uh, pa um, painlessly. <laughs> I got it right this time. Uh, waiting for us to be in the studio. So we're going to now play some ads because we're at Hat Bass and then we're going to play another song and we'll be right back in the studio after these messages. For the community, by the community. Voice FM, 98.8 FM. Welcome to your Community Announcement Answer Machine. To broadcast your Community Announcement on Spice FM free of charge, call 0191273988. Select Option 3 and record your message. No more messages. Kashmir Orphans Relief Trust, Aisha Ki Awaaz. आपको पता है मैं कोर्ट में रहती हूँ जो 2005 के जल्द के बाद टीम और बेसहारा बच्चों के लिए आप सब ने बनाया यहाँ मैं पढ़ती हूँ खेलती हूँ कोर्ट में मेरे घर के बाद अब बायों के लिए हॉस्टल बन रहा है रमजान मुबारक में अपनी सकात सदकात और अत्याद के लिए सिर्फ कोर्ट का नाम याद रखिए कोर्ट यूके ऑफिस Same old radio sound. <sighs> then you need vibrant radio. 
Spice up your life. Spice FM 98.8 FM.
Hello everybody, welcome back to Mentally Sound here on Spice FM 98.8 FM. That was The Verve with Love is Pain, which I thought was a funny little segue to me saying painless instead of painful. Um, or the other way around, whatever we <laughs> which is just funny, because I wanted them to have a painful interview, apparently. I said the wrong word. Um, <laughs> time if you still agree with that statement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, we do painful interviews here. <laughs> but yeah, so huge thank you to our guests um, t- so far who have been on, to Jutara and Ashley. That was a very interesting discussion about wellness. And we have some previous guests returning. Um, which, um, before I get to them, do, were you on the show that they did? I because bear with me, yeah. we've done that many shows that I'm tra- and I was, I, yeah, I've been here since the start, so I would have met you before. But were you on? Were you on, yeah, Ricky? Yeah, it was me, yeah. And we were behind the mic, sharing the mic that time as well. <laughs> so we were intimate that time as well. <laughs> That's what we are here. Yeah, it, it was just the two of them. We've got, we've been given a surprising three now, which mm-hmm. is a nice. Uh, my surprise yep they've upgraded their act um, <laughs> um, which is excellent more band members as well. <laughs> um, but yeah so I would like to introduce um, you can say hi at the same time if he's like so it's Sheila I believe and Ju- Julian and Lucy uh, welcome hello everybody hi oh that's all in unison as well <laughs> so X Factor now um, so yeah um, so they're from Pass It On Parents so they were supporting families of disabled people um, which is obviously a hugely important thing so I guess um, we'll we'll, um, we'll get to so who who have we got here is it Julian which one's Julian Jillian 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 yeah. sorry Jillian sorry my dyslexia Jillian Sheila and Lucy Correct. Okay, well, we've got that right. So you're you're the one that's new. Yeah, that's right. That makes I'm sense now. Yes, you're the newbie. <laughs> so we'll get to you in a second. I think it makes sense. So first of all, welcome back, guys. So how have you been since we last spoke to you? So we'll start one at a time. Um, well, we're just busier and, and busier supporting more and more families. Mm-hmm. So how far how how's that been going? Have, have you been getting more? Are you been supporting more families? Um, yeah, we're yeah. a bigger team now. As okay. Well. We're now the family advice and support team. Uh-huh. It's our official name, based at Skills for People mm-hmm. in Jesmond, mm-hmm. and uh, there are five of us okay. supporting all the families in Newcastle mm-hmm. who have a child with additional needs. Okay, so do you want to remind people, Sheila, what you what your role is in the organisation? Um, we all have the same role. Okay. We all um, muck in together, supporting <laughs> families by having events, information uh-huh. events. We have coffee mornings. Mm-hmm. We do one-to-one sessions with parents where we see them at home. Um, information events. Mm-hmm. How about you, Lucy? Uh, how have things been since we last saw you? Yeah, uh, we're like a team. We do the similar things. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, we do, the, like Sheila said, one-to-one grouping. We go to the, like, a referred family visitation need to different services. And also, we go attend the school meeting. For some family, maybe we, we uh, provide uh, um, in-depth support. We go to the different uh, and the kind of support and go to the tender meeting and appointment to um, provide them the most support. Yeah. Yeah. Which uh, which is obviously hugely important. Um, so I guess, um, Gillian, hello. Hiya. Um, uh, nice to have you on um, as a as a bonus to uh, the guys who were on before. So what? Um, how did you get involved in 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 the organisation? Well, we're all parents of children with disabilities yes. ourselves. So I was doing a little bit of volunteering. Okay. And then, luckily for me, a job came up, and I was really 
you know, you really wanted to help. Yeah, yeah, really wanted to help, and I absolutely love the job. So. Uh, so, can we ask you about your child? Um, I, I have two lovely children, um, mm-hmm. a boy and a girl, who both have really quite complex needs. Okay. Um, they're 12 and 10 now, absolutely gorgeous. Aww. Um, Evie and Joe, hi. <laughs> I know they won't be listening. They're at school. Paying attention. <laughs> Might have been a dab- lunch time. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's true. But yeah, um, so, um, so. How is it like? I guess what's interesting with what you just described is I'm kind of curious to ask you about how when you first got involved mm-hmm. because obviously what's it, what's curious about that is obviously we do a radio show talking about like uh, a lot of the time um, service users and service opportunities for people to to, to get help in difficult complicated manners. Um, so I'm curious about was it were you finding it hard to find help or did you find these guys? like easily um, and just describe to us what that was like for you at the beginning yeah I was really lucky I mean both my children were at a special school and Mm -hmm. Sheila's son also went there so I kind of just found out from the sort of community of mums there that Sheila was somebody who I could look to for help and obviously after having um spoken to Sheila myself I then found out more and more through her about what opportunities there were Mm -hmm. and then I really wanted to get involved because I know exactly what it's like as a mum how sometimes mm-hmm. things can be difficult as wonderful as my kids are sometimes life can be difficult and there mm-hmm. can be stresses and there can mm-hmm. be problems that you need some help solving mm-hmm. so once my children got a little bit older and I felt I had a bit more space and time in my life I was just really keen to get involved mm-hmm. do you feel that um, as parents that there's, there's so little information out there I guess when you when you first get that diagnosis regarding your child, because of little info that you kind of you know depend on some sort of peer support amongst parents, was that? I think we had this discussion last time you was on, but was that the original spark to get this group together? Uh, oh, definitely, mm-hmm. yeah. That's what led me to the to do this sort of work. That that day, um, twenty years ago, getting a diagnosis and then just wandering off into the sunset on my own with my son. Mm-hmm. What happens now? And there was I just didn't know who to contact in those days. Whereas now, hopefully, people know that we're mm-hmm. here and mm-hmm. can just ring us. Mm-hmm. They can see us on social media. And if you don't mind me asking, was it was it autism in your case? Was it the autistic ch- child in your case? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. S- and severe learning difficulties, mm-hmm. and then he went on to have epilepsy as well. Right. Um, but yeah, there wasn't that many children. I didn't know anybody else with a child with autism mm-hmm. in those days. Mm-hmm. So you said like yeah. 20 years ago, were you just yeah. been there? Yeah. Um, I guess the obvious question to ask you in relation to that, I mean, obviously I know we had you on before, but I mean, it's obviously a nice transition because we were just talking to our previous guests about the, about how sort of society is maybe shifting towards understanding yeah. mental health issues a little bit more. I mean, even though we've had autistic people on who don't claim it to be a mental health problem, but I'm just saying, mm-hmm. how does it feel to, in terms of, do you think it's been... It, it's been looked. Does it, is it looked at differently? Um, would you say in relation to 20 years ago to now? Um, I mean, obviously, because you've got these lovely people to help you in your organisation. But I'm just saying, in a wider sense, do you feel that it's more widely accepted? I guess is what I'm asking. Uh, well, things have moved on a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. still uh, people still need educating. You know, when you go out in public, families will still tell you how hard it is. Yeah. Going to various places and the tuts and the staring and people, you know, being judgmental before they even know what your child's difficulty is. Yes. You know, and it's not just autism, it's all different disability. There's so many invisible disabilities mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. people you sometimes don't have 
much patience, mm-hmm. you know, and it's hard for the parents. Mm-hmm. Do you think, Lucy, um, in particular, do you think that that's the reason that it's kind of difficult for people who, do, who don't, like, necessarily understand what people are going through, if it's something, you know, different to the norm, even though we kind of ban normal on the show, we don't really like that as a word, but I'm, I guess I'm using it in a generalistic sense of saying, do you think, because, as, um, as Sheila just said, that it's an, an invisible condition that people just don't quite understand it in your experience yes uh, i agree with you and i think it's not only um for the i think uh, we not really talk about society but obviously sheila covered us as well so obviously personally i really raised the awareness about the parents even they don't understand yes. it's about uh, you know that sometimes the uh, parents maybe have kinds of uh, anxiety and depression they try to you know the um to sort it out themselves but obviously it's difficult so i really encourage parents to you know the learning this is the kind of skills and the redesign of themselves and then children and hopefully you know that they they get the left the better you know yeah. the better life yeah. so obviously we are here so obviously we've been through if they really want to talk about it through it we can really share experience and help them to say if any strategies and techniques that can help them you yeah. know better feel that's what yeah. i'm thinking i mean do you go along with um jillian the idea of because um, I always think this because um, I, I, I've said to previous guests I don't know whether I mentioned this last time you was here but I have bipolar disorder um, and I, I think the the best benefit and it, incl- it, it kind of helps with I think all disorders in this sense to be open about how it feels to be like that and to, to help people understand it from the sort of lived experience is the, the terminology we like to say because that's far more valuable than hearing it from a third party um, do you go along with that sentiment? Absolutely mm-hmm. I think it's, it's essential that you're hearing from people who have that lived experience because you can guess how it is for somebody else who has whatever differences from being the average person but you don't really know so I think absolutely you need to be hearing the voices of of children young people who have additional needs themselves and often say for example with my children like my son doesn't speak at all so as his mum part of my job is to try and be an advocate for him and communicate for him to help people understand mm-hmm. where he's coming from and you know why he's doing the things that he's doing but no I totally agree okay just on that point um it kind of relates to what I was going to ask but um so I can tell by looking at you and listening to you that you feel emboldened by having that peer support I was I was curious to whether you feel that the children also feel emboldened knowing that the, that the parents are, have that peer support and do they have themselves get a peer support amongst other children in a similar situation as well? I think that the lovely thing is because a lot of our job is linking families together Mm -hmm. through things like coffee mornings, what you hope for is that some friendships will develop, that people can, they have something in common and then that does give opportunities for families to spend Mm -hmm. time together and feel really relaxed that they're going to understand each other. Mm -hmm. I know for example in the summer Sheila organised a lovely trip out to a forest school that a lot of different families came to Mm -hmm. and it was, you know, I took my son and my daughter, it was a lovely day and there was that common shared understanding of where we were coming from, mm-hmm. which meant everybody could relax, everybody could have a good time. And hopefully, I think the ki- in that way, the kids really do benefit because in supporting the parents and the carers, mm-hmm. you hope that totally filters down to the children and young people. It, it's, also entr- it's also about entering that whole whole world about caring. And, and mm-hmm. it is a very challenging uh, kind of world because me and, me and Steve have both, so being there this year, we've both sort of cared for our mums whilst they've been in 
vulnerable situation. So, is it is it also about carer support? And am I right in saying that you're also part of the the Newcastle Carers Forum? Is that is that right? Is there something I've read on the site somewhere that you're amongst the directory? Of, yeah, is there is there is a Newcastle Parent Carers forum mm -hmm. that meet up every month at Newcastle mm -hmm. and um, Gillian goes along to those meetings. Okay. okay. <laughs> I guess what would be fascinating to discuss, I mean there's a couple of things I wanted to, to raise because um, we were invited very graciously to the Life of Riley premiere and I'm just yeah. curious to know if you've heard of it and um, your views on like because I guess the wider question in relation to Life of Riley because we've we've had the, the uh, what was the mother's Christine. name again Christine yes and uh, yeah we, we had her on the show and she graciously invited us to the premiere when that was ready and I guess like because we've been talking about this obviously because we're an entertainment show as, as, as well as I mean mental health is our criteria but we want to be entertaining um, so we do often talk about entertaining stuff about you know on TV and you find on TV now you know we were talking about the undateables on the last show um, is that there's a lot of programs now about you know essentially they go for the criteria of different people and I'm just curious in a wider sense being that you're parents um, in this situation is that do you think that's um, like how that affects the way people perceive it is it a good idea to have them sort of programming does it does it lead to more understanding I'm just curious about what you think <laughs> no, look at you, no, Jillian. No, no. Look at Jillian. Um, like she has the answers to everything. I wish I did. I wish I did. I think it really depends how programs like that are done. Yes. Because mm -hmm. I think that what you absolutely don't want is is something that's done in a really sort of voyeuristic way. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. In sort of a for the shock value for the mm -hmm. oh look at that that's terrible mm -hmm. because obviously everybody's different. Yes. And so if you have additional needs of any kind. The message we're very much about is that it's different, not less. Yes. So you mm -hmm. want to be putting forward a really, you know, yes, you need to show reality, but you need to show that that reality is, there. Are, as with everybody's lives, there are positive mm -hmm. times, there are negative times, there might be different challenges, but I think it absolutely depends how, how programs are made and that they're showing a really balanced view mm -hmm. and not inadvertently sometimes putting forward an, a negative view of disability because that absolutely isn't what we want yeah. while still acknowledging the fact that there are an awful lot of challenges for people with disabilities and for their families yeah. and but those are often caused by society and difficulties within society not caused by the person's disability itself yeah i i, I think i think as um you know looking at particular programs i think that's a hard that's a hard challenge for them in themselves mm -hmm. because you know trying to not because I, I know exactly what you're saying because I think when these programs first started to be in existence it was kind of a point and laugh type um, programming which I think was incredibly you know not offensive obviously and, and not the right way of going about it but um, I was praising on the last show we did um, saying that the Undateables uh, in particular is a fan of mine and my partners and I, I like it because even though I don't I don't want to be treated differently in the sense of even though I mean I've got something that I think relatively is you know, I, I can still live a, somewhat of a good life um, with what I have, but I'm just saying um, I don't think it comes across in the Undateables as that it's not a case of like pointing and laughing, look at them, how horrible their life is or how they can't get a date and all that kind of thing. It actually comes across. We, I, I leave that program thinking they are very much similar to us and it's not a case of treating them differently. It's a case of helping them because they've just happened to have something that affects them that's hard for them. Um, and I think that's a really good thing. Yeah. And I think it does help in that circumstance with that particular program to 
understanding and being a little bit more um, humble and and grateful and um, uh, more self-aware and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I understand from since the last show because you were predominantly based in Jesmond, but am I right? You kind of expanded since. And I was also reading on your website, particularly with the, the Chinese and Asian community that use venues like the Elswick Fire Station, for example, which is just around the corner. Do oh, yeah. you hold some of your coffee mornings and peer drop-ins and that we sort of thing? We did have a, um, an event there. Um, we're very friendly with the Far Centre now. Oh, yeah. Fine, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, we, we realised we weren't reaching all the parent carers in the West End. Mm-hmm. So... Um, we decided to start an event there. Mm-hmm. We start, we've had three or four now where we have food events and we invite everyone to bring um, food from their country of origin. Okay. And um, and it's been, they've been really lovely. We get guest speakers in and mm-hmm. um, they've gone very well. So um, after chatting with the parents at those events, they've mm-hmm. all asked for a support group. So that starts next month at the wow. Far Centre. 25th of October is the first so one. So this will be an official sort of passed on parents at West End base then? Yeah. Okay. All right. Great. Yeah. We'll, we'll yeah. be there every month at the Far Centre, mm-hmm. Thursdays probably. Uh, mm-hmm. 25th of October is the first one. The food event is on the 29th of November right. at 12 yeah. o'clock midday. I guess to um, sort of wrap things up and obviously we'll mention like how people can get involved we'll say that at the end but I guess what I'm curious about and obviously having you guys on as well I think this is an appropriate question is to say like and, and obviously um, you know Gillian being like a, a sort of new new in this sense is um, what would you what would be if you could say one bit of advice to anyone in this sort of situation I know it's a really tough one but is it just I mean even if it's just like not necessarily advice but just something that you've learned in this process and I want to do like one person at a time maybe thought well you see is just to say um if, if people are at the beginning of their journey in the, in what you guys have clearly went through in for a, a while now is what would be your advice or, or something you would want them to to hear um i think uh, everyone who have children with special needs and disability you know that if i have any concerns just come to talk with us mm-hmm. and very really we are very friendly and welcome any you know the anyone so you know we try to help you know the try our best to help them because yeah. we had the experience we can share idea experience to give the, a lot of opportunity you know the to try let the children try different things to say you know mm-hmm. hopefully they can get involved different things yes yeah. what i'm thinking mm-hmm. how about you sheila yeah just try and get along to one of our coffee groups they're all over newcastle now um give us a ring we're on social media We've got a private parent carers group on Facebook. That's it on Parents Newcastle. Um, give us a ring. Turn up for coffee. Great. Mm-hmm. Have an in-depth discussion. How about you, Gillian? Do you know, I'm probably going to say something very similar to those two because I remember when my two were little feeling quite isolated and that made everything seem worse. Yes. So it's don't mm. struggle on your own. You might not feel up to coming to a coffee morning but you can join our Facebook group and communicate with us that way or go on to Twitter or if you do feel up to it, come along to a coffee morning. There are so many lovely parents out there who are just really happy to chat to each other and support each other. So yeah, don't struggle by yourself. Great. That's great advice. Great, great advice. Great advice because I think, um, you know, it's interesting because um, another program that uh, just because this is reminding me of what I'm about to say is the circle. Me and my me and my partner was a really big fan of the circle, which is a social media. Um, it was a social media experiment that Channel Four did, and I really enjoyed it. I'm good at it. It's over. I mean, it apparently didn't get watched by that many people, but I really liked it. But it was showing the good and bad of social media was the whole point of it. And I think what what you all both eloquently just described is the huge 
advantage that social media has is that if people have social anxiety, because like one of my best friends has social anxiety, which is really difficult for her, um, and you know, you got PTSD, like uh, Ricky with PTSD, sometimes it's difficult bipolar disorder. Sometimes you need to be isolated in an, in your own sense, or you feel isolated. Um, there's so many avenues now where you can communicate with people, and I think I guess that's just my my sort of thought on social media, and that like um, there is there's nev- there's always an opportunity, however you feel comfortable, to reach out to somebody, and that's the again you still have to have that leap of faith maybe um you know that the first step is the hardest as they say but um i think once you do that you can do that in whatever avenue you feel comfortable with now it's not a case of like if you were i guess what i'm saying is like 10 years ago if you or 15 years ago maybe or 20 years ago if you didn't like being on the phone then you were kind of screwed basically because you were like well that's the only way i can talk to somebody and how am i going to do that or you know um three years ago i didn't like being on radio (laughs) (laughs) he still doesn't but one day one day he'll get there (laughs) what a segue um anyway thanks um so much um to jillian to sheila and to lucy and pass it on parents um social media if you just type it in newcastle pass on parents newcastle you'll get all like facebook and and social all the social medias and do you have a website as well um you mentioned a website yeah sorry skills for people skills for people excellent Mm -hmm. so yeah if you you type in that have a look at their website and then get in touch with them if any for this applies to you and thanks guys so much um sorry for your wait as well i know you've been waiting here forever but i hope that was hope it was worth the wait and it was really taking selfies outside (laughs) (laughs) they were like i'm so happy to be out (laughs) that's how i feel um i was asking i just before as well i was asking i'll just say this on air i was asking i'm i'm always um, I'm an expectant father, um, oh, um, so um, I'm always like curious about asking um, about asking about questions like because you never know. I mean, it's, it, it, you know, whenever you read statistics about babies and stuff like that, I mean, obviously I don't know what your situation was, but you never know what situation you might find Absolutely. yourself in. So it's yeah. always good to be open-minded enough to know all the information so thank you for sharing all that it was very very powerful um thanks a lot guys we're going to take a break now because we need to play ads and then we'll be right back to we'll potentially be playing the interview we did with helen from newcastle carers which was at the 6th of october when we went to central library but for now i'm going to play i'm a dreamer by amber which if anyone's been watching x factor which i don't but my partner showed me this this lady was a 90s hit, came on and did it for her um, audition. Oh. I don't know if it, if it got viral on the internet. It's the dance song, I'm a Dreamer, and um, and it's really, really great. And she went on to X Factor because, I thought this was relevant for our show as well, because she did it because her son, I think, had like, um, I can't say the word dyslexia, um, cystic fibrosis, is that how you say it? Yeah. Um, and yeah, so she did it to raise awareness um, and did her song again, and everyone danced in this thing, so I thought, I love that song, so I'm going to play it now. And then we'll be right back in the studio after this. Because 
Hello, everybody. That was "I'm a Dreamer" by Amber. So, as I say, I recommend to check out the viral video of that of her doing it on X Factor, which I'm not a fan of. I think Robbie's rubbish as a judge. Just my opinion. <laughs> um, but he does good stuff for mental health. I give him that. We do um, TV reviews part of our show. Yeah, 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 yeah. We should do because you mentioned the circle, which is brilliant. What a great, great, great show. About it, it was on for every day other than Saturday, and it was a. In a they were basically trapped in an apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll, we'll have to play ads now so I can't yep. talk about it now but um, basically I'm just coming back into the studio very briefly to say I forgot to play ads so I'm going to play ads now because I want um, Spice to be upset by that um, and then what we're going to do is we're going to play an interview that we did with Helen Elliott from Newcastle Carers so if you were here and joining us on the first hour you would have heard us do an intro for when we were at World Health Day at Central Library in Newcastle on the 6th of October so while we were there we did an intro which you would have heard earlier on the show and then we talked to as we said Helen Elliott from Newcastle Carers about what organisation they do volunteer organisation help people who help carers who who look after you know obviously um, essentially loved ones or friends or whatever it may be and help them through that process something very close to my heart hence why we talked for about 15 minutes um, so you'll hear that now um, so I'm going to play some ads and then we're going to play Helen Elliott's interview with us on the 6th of October about Newcastle Carers so we'll be back right after these messages Sick of the same old radio sound. <sighs> then you need vibrant radio. Spice up your life. Spice FM, 98.8 FM. The new food sensation in Newcastle has landed. Food Monkey, mouth-watering curries, delicious kebabs and grill, and all your favourite Indian street food, including our infamous masala chai. So whether it's lunch, a cheeky tea time snack or dinner, it's all about Food Monkey. Food Monkey, Stanhope Street, next to Hutchinson's Fruit and Veg. Search us out on social media or log on at foodmonkeyuk.com. The Glasses Factory stocks men's, ladies and kids' glasses in the biggest brands like Armani, Ray-Ban and Police to name but a few. Why not take advantage of the Glasses Factory two-for-one offers from £60? See for yourself. The Glasses Factory, 498 Westgate Road, Newcastle. Call 0191 273 8460. Log on at glassesfactory.co.uk or search us out on Hello Facebook. everybody, we're here. Library in Newcastle and therefore World Mental Health Day um, and we're just getting to know everybody inside um, basically aren't we Ricky in the, in the, in the sort of um, the little alcove area <laughs> where all the groups are well I was walking around before you came along some brilliant organisations yeah it's quite a nice little thing and obviously since the Central Library has been like kind of all done out because mm-hmm. when I used to come here it wasn't as nice as this so shout out to Central Library for getting <laughs> getting all that stuff together I remember how it used to be as well <laughs> when there was more books than computers it's either way around you sound like you were going to settle down for a story there <laughs> I remember how it used to I'll be I'll save the anecdotes <laughs> for the podcast yeah. yeah we'll save it for the live show yeah. but anyway so one lovely lady who I had the opportunity to talk to because whoever who, who, you know people who listen to this regularly know that I talk about the fact that I've been a carer for my mum for a long time which Ricky's nodding because we talk about that a lot and I'm really pleased to say that I got a 
to chat to Helen Elliott from Newcastle Carey, who's here to talk to us now, um, about something close to my heart, because it's all essentially about, which I'm sure she'll tell better than me, but the whole idea about carers who support somebody, not getting the opportunity, not getting to support themselves. Um, so I'm delighted to see Helen's talking to me now. Hello. Hello. Nice to speak to you. It's lovely nice. to be here. That's so nice for you to see. And the um, library is really lovely yeah. and warm and comfortable, and there are lots of great organisations that actually I didn't even know about. Yeah. And I work in this area. I know. So it's it's great to come along and actually find out what's out there. Yeah, we talk about this often on the show because we've yeah. had so many organisations on now. We've been running for about three years, right? Yeah. And um, it's shocking because I was just chatting to yourself as well yeah. as others about I wish I had this information ten years ago, now yeah. being thirty years of age. But yeah. maybe it shows we're progressing, maybe. I mean, I do you think so. do you think that? I, I hope so. And I think what's great about, well, hopefully our service, but other services as well, um, that's a bit different now is that it's much easier access than maybe it used to be yeah so people can access us by the by going on our website yeah they can send an email query mm-hmm. via the website they can just phone in to get information we'll have a telephone line that's available every day in mm-hmm. five where you can speak directly to a person Great. but if you're not really feeling up to coming out and having to go somewhere you've never been before, at least to get to speak to a friendly voice. Yes. And somebody who can maybe answer some of your questions yeah. over the phone. Um, mm-hmm. So we're based, we're called Newcastle Carers. Mm-hmm. We're a voluntary charity that's based in Newcastle. And we support anybody who cares for or supports somebody who couldn't manage without their help who lives and the cared for person lives in Newcastle. Okay. So we can support that the person who cares. Mm-hmm. And when I say cares, that it can be a really difficult word because it means so many different things because everybody knows about paid carers and yeah. lots of families and friends think, well, I'm not a carer, I'm mm-hmm. a mum, yes. I'm a brother or yeah. a, a son. Or we were a talking about this off air just before yeah. we started, yeah. So really it's also thinking about how we think of ourselves and it's sometimes even hard to think that, yes, mm-hmm. I am. I am a mum, but maybe I'm also a carer. Mm-hmm. And what we try to do is say, well, what extra support could you get, which could help you, but it might also help the person you care yeah. for. Helping yourself helps other yeah. people, that kind and of logic. and it might be yeah. getting help as in, I need someone to talk to yeah. about what's happening. Mm-hmm. Or it might be, I need to know what benefits I'm entitled to. Mm-hmm. Or I might... There might be funding. We have grants and funding that people can apply to that they may not know about. Mm-hmm. And because they're a carer, they can access that support. Mm-hmm. And we can help people to make sure it's you know the signposting know. It's day, about signposting. And hopefully what we try to do is, you know, really person-centered. So you as an individual, your situation's unique to you. Yeah. And so there isn't one answer for everybody. No. What one person thinks, that would be great for me. Another person might think, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. So we try to say, what do you think would be helpful to you? Mm-hmm. So people can take as little or as much as they want from our service. Great. Once you register with us, that just means we hold your details on a secure database. Yeah. We'll have a proper confidentiality policy, which we're completely transparent about and we talk to people about. Um, 
And we only keep information that you're happy for us to keep. Okay, good. We don't share it with anybody else unless somebody's in immediate risk of harm or somebody else. Yeah. Oh, I guess maybe you could ask if you if they wanted you to share it as well. You can yes. ask permission. I'm guessing. Yes, we do. Because um, there might be a scenario where you pass somebody on or That's something right. like that. But yeah. really, the main thing is to say you're in control. Of involved. That. Yeah. You're involved, and it's your choice. Yes. That matter. Because I mean, the, yeah. there's so many. I mean, very good answer because there's so many different things to dissect in what you've said because I mean there's a few there's a few things um, shouting out at me being with my experience and obviously yeah. when this is aired people listening to this will think the same thing is um, I guess the first thing I was asking in terms of like acceptance because it's really nice that you accept people does that include I guess just to be very um, very specific about it um, does it matter because I mean we were talking about financial for example you just mentioned it in, in your answer um, that you have to I think it's something like 35, it's 35 hours I think it is in order to get financial help like does that ma- do you apply the same criteria or does it not matter because no. I mean this is my argument about yeah. carers doesn't have to be that amount of time exactly. in my opinion that's but a really great point yes because not at all for our service yes you can be a full-time working carer mm-hmm. and you may um, provide more than 35 hours actually yeah. but not be able to claim carers allowance yes. because you earn too much yeah. because you can only earn a certain amount of money mm-hmm. before to be able to claim carers allowance yes. you also may not provide direct physical care mm-hmm. a lot of the care and support you offer might be a daily phone call yep. or you might manage all of the finances for someone yep. who couldn't cope with that you might just keep an overview to make sure someone's taking their medication you might have a look out for triggers that would tell you oh the person might not be so well and they might yeah. not have recognised that they're not as well as they had been Absolutely. so yeah. you might be acting in that role um, we just have a very broad definition that the person you care for, you you care for someone who couldn't manage without your support. Yes, good way of putting and it. And yeah. you don't need to be claiming a particular benefit. You can also have your own health problems or disability and still be a carer. Yeah. So it's recognising that just because you have a health problem doesn't mean you want also a carer for somebody. Yeah, and at the same time, you don't necessarily have to have a problem with being a carer but you still kind of need support that's the thing Absolutely. that I get very um, yeah. irate about because yeah. again it's like a lot of situations that we see on the show yeah. is that you have to be in some sort of a crisis or have a particular disorder to be essentially going okay you now need help whereas yeah. as, we were, as we were talking at your little booth you've got yeah. as I was saying that you know you're a carer just by the definition of like caring for somebody and yeah. and loving somebody in a lot of sense That's so you feel right. obligated to do it in a sense yeah. on so, the back of, yeah. sorry, so on the back of the point you were just saying uh, Helen uh, and it's no secret that there is a social care crisis going on yeah. you find there's, there's been an inc- like a tenfold increase for people after your particular service I think what we recognise is that there are lots of gaps in the kind of provision out there um, that the, the carers and that's often family members very good friends but it's often a family relationship can often be the people that are picking up the gaps in services and so I think what we see are people who are financially being impacted in their lives 
we see people who are struggling to navigate benefits systems and processes yeah. who might especially with recent reforms that's been going on that's yeah right. universal credit coming into play right. that kind of stuff and yeah. and that's really scary for people yeah. when they're trying to manage what can be a really difficult situation in their own personal life but then having all the financial stress and worry about how am I going to get through life where's my income going to come from oh, I can't yeah. work because I'm caring how am I going to manage I can give you I mean I, I'll just say because I'm very blunt on this yeah. program is it very straightforward is that I can give you an example in my own life where I mean fortunately I'm in a good frame of mind and I deal with what I go through and I've got a very good good support network of people um, like Vicky Vicky's here Vicky's yeah. here and um, and, and the thing is, is that uh, I can give you an example within the last couple of months. Which Ricky knows about it. Like, and we've, I've thought about it on this show. That I've had to. I've ha- I've helped. I say have to, but I obviously want to do it. But I'm just saying, mo- I, moving my mom from one care home to another, Hello. which is my, was my responsibility because I'm, I'm, I'm a primary carer. Yeah. Um, moving out because my tenancy okay, had ended, cool. and I was no moving problem. in with my partner. Yeah. My partner's also nearly. Uh, 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 we're pregnant, and yeah. we have a baby coming, and. I, thank God I have a very supportive yeah, partner who understands yeah, what it's yeah, like because I'm very upfront. Great. I think it's very important to be frank with people and say, look, I'm really not, I'm really struggling in this particular yeah. time, and understanding the stress that people get under, and um, yeah. and because you have to do it, but yeah. it's finding a way to be able to cope and live your regular life at the same I, time. Exactly. Um, and, I, and I'm just saying that as a good example of that because I mean, it's yeah. because I would, I would say if you would ask us what's been the most running biggest theme in our show this year, mm-hmm. it's been yeah. I have to care for my yep. mum when she had her knee off. And when we had like council care workers come over, and bless them, I used to, I used to call them angels because that's what they were. Because yeah. I don't think my mum and ourselves and our family would have been anywhere without them. Mm-hmm. But even they told us themselves through their own story that the amount of people they've had to turn down. That's right. And I, I just think it's really sad. And I, I'm lucky as well that we have good, a good yeah. network around us but so yeah. many people out there don't yeah. absolutely I, yeah go on I think that yeah I exactly and something you, you said earlier Stephen was about it's not always that you're in a crisis and what we try or try to support people to do is make because there are lots of positives to care yeah. and that sometimes when people are put under unbearable stress having to take on things that are way outside of hopefully what a carer would have to do. That you hope that as a carer you'll be you'll be um supplementary to the services that are around yeah, the person. Absolutely. You won't be the only service. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when carers struggle because often carers are you know, they have it's a difficult choices but often they want to give that care but they just want it to have more balance to have more support so Uh that they can care Mm -hmm. and do their bit Mm -hmm. but then have other support yeah do you think as well that that's such a powerful point and i think and I think the key to this is, I mean, we could talk to you forever because this is obviously subject close to my heart, but like, I also think as well as someone who's, that, as, as I, was, I was telling Helen about, you know, my mom's had partners since for 15 years, um, you know, I'm not being necessarily a, a, an official carer in that sense, but, you know, and she was fine to begin with because it's a slow, it's a yeah. slow, slow um, disease in a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, but I guess the interesting thing is, I don't think it's necessarily not. Nece- I, I wanted to ask you this directly. Yeah. Do you think it's not necessarily about just support as well, but it's just a simple fact because it's just, it, it has a parallel to mental health in understanding the situation that they're, they're in? Because I think 
what I often find, and I see this in other people who care for people, is that they're kind of left in their own lurch. Um, yeah. It's kind of regarded as like, you're the only one who's responsible for it because it's somebody that you love and care That's for. Right. But then it's almost like this dilemma of, but who's there to care for the carer? That's right. Um, and I, and I yeah. think just the understanding of, because my partner said it.
Hello everybody, welcome back to Mentally Sound here on Spice FM 98.8 FM and if it is, is is there something I should know by Duran Duran and there's something you should know, good segue, is because I apologise for the pre-record not work, stop working um, for some reason on our database, it, our database crashed halfway through about, well there was about four minutes of it left and it stopped playing so I thought we had a complete crash that's why there was a bit of dead air for about 10 seconds or so and then we just played Duran Duran because it was the first thing that came on the database and I just went, we need to play something. So that's, and um, but as Ryan, our guest, who's waiting patiently, said, Duran Duran solves everything. So <laughs> it worked out fine. Um, but yeah, so apologies for that. So what we're going to do to rectify that mistake, um, even though it's just, just a technical error, is we are going to play this at the end of our interview now which with our guest in the studio because we don't want to bleak into their time and instead of playing a song after we take the next break before the last break of the show we will just play the rest of that interview if we can get it working if not we'll play a song but we'll tell you closer to the time so we don't want to make our live guests wait any longer so on that note uh, welcome back everybody if you want to get in touch with us so please do follow us on the tweet that's at underscore mentally sound or mentally sound on facebook where you can listen to all of our previous shows as i mentioned at the beginning of the show uh, and we're on instagram as well sorry ricky's like going instagram 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 <laughs> we're down with the kids now um and uh <laughs> like three years late <laughs> well, instagram, but, uh, but yeah and um and uh, also, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, a lot of the podcasts that were due to come up are up now. The only one that's not on is last week's show, last uh, two weeks ago show, but that'll be uploaded sometime over the weekend, so you can listen to that as well. So we're up to date podcast-wise, which is excellent. Um, so anyway, so without further ado, because we mentioned our next guest, because as I said, we have a packed show of, of guests. We've still got a phone interview coming later with Barony Long from Missing People, which I'm excited to talk to him about. But first of all, I'd like to welcome Maria. And Ryan to the show. Hello, guys. Hello. Hello. Thank you. Hello. Thanks for being. Thanks for being here. I'm here every two weeks, there, Ryan. (laughs) But no, thank you for being here. It's an immense pleasure. Um, and I apologise for making you wait. Um, I, I heard you were, was, you were hovering around, as it were. And I hope not. Li- yeah, not oh. literally. I hope. Um, <laughs> you didn't happen to find a hovercraft or whatever it is. Though. What is it? Um, hovercraft is that it is? Yeah, the the the, the claimed in eighties films are going to happen. Still waiting. <laughs> still waiting patiently. Um, but yes, you guys are talking on um, moving on Tyne and Weir, um, which is obviously Maria. You are um, you associated with them, and Ryan, you've used their services. Is that correct? Yes, uh, for the past three months, I believe. Brilliant, brilliant. So that's uh, obviously fantastic because we can talk about both dynamics, which is good because we had previous guests talking about that as well. So I guess Maria, to start us off, um, so can you tell us what that org- the organisation does? Absolutely. So moving on Tyne and Weir. Um, are funded by the Big Lottery and the European Social Fund, and we are a charity program who support people with health barriers get closer to work. Mm-hmm. And those health barriers can be both physical or mental. Um, so we are scheduled to accept people onto the program until the middle of 2019. Okay. And in that period, we hope to support over 1,600 people across China and Weir. Brilliant. Um, the kinds of people that come on at the program um, really vary. We have um, people with physical problems and mental problems but often those things overlap um, and the support they get is delivered on a one-to-one basis from teams of navigators which are like support workers essentially mm-hmm. um, they help navigate a path for people uh, to get over their health barriers and find a way to get closer to work. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's for over 18s, is that right? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so that's great. So Ryan, um, I, I know that like if you were if you were a woman, I'd be breaking some sort of rule here by asking how old you are. <laughs> uh, I'm 19, although I will be 20 this month. Okay, cool. 
Um, so, um, I guess to start the ball rolling, because I guess this makes sort of sense in asking you this, is um, what made you and be whatever you're comfortable, you know, obviously, um, anything, um, is just in relation to, well, that's good to know, um, is this in relation to how you got involved in the organisation and like what your circumstances were to, to start using Maria Services? Well, um, I got uh, being on Universal Credit now for just over a year now. Oh, he's mentioned the the, the horrible word Universal yes. Credit. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, your time's up. Um. Yeah, hasn't the mood just went worse? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah, sorry. Uh, we talked about this earlier. You know, sorry. Despite, despite the, them, you know, they're supposed to be trying to help me find yes. jobs. Correct. Though the really the reality is of. Uh, it's basically they check up on you every couple of weeks to see if you've been checking and helping. And, and for me, like, I mean, I have mental health issues and I also have dyslexia, which makes it extremely difficult looking for it because they use so many, you know, technogen words that I have no idea what they are on about. Uh, so basically, after, you know, X amount of time, I was basically recommended to go on. Uh, it, with moving on, go on with them, and I'm now uh, with uh, Molly from uh, moving on, who's being helped me find work. And so this proves how difficult, how much you know, technology that they use in job search. That it was extremely difficult for her, who's you know been doing this for I'm not sure how long, but it was difficult for her just understanding what on earth they were talking about. So. For me personally, it was extremely difficult, but it meant that basically I was able to actually apply for pretty much twice as many jobs as I was before, and also going yeah. on courses and that, and obviously mm-hmm. because of them, I'm now here. Great, hooray. <laughs> so yeah. it means that I'm able to do more stuff, you know, get get myself out, and hopefully uh, get some money, because I am completely penniless <laughs> at the minute. <laughs> it, um, <coughs> Maria, before you said about link um, navigators, mm-hmm. so um, but you, your group still falls under the mental health concern umbrella, is that right? That's right. So that's our lead charity. Um, yeah. Mental health concern is our, our lead partner because we are a charity program. So we're set up from based from um, thirteen different charities. Because mm-hmm. uh, the pre- previous guest they might have heard of them, uh, Ways to Wellness. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, Tara and Ashley came in mm-hmm. and. Uh, they have they have a, a role there called link workers, and you mentioned navigators as well. I wondered if those two roles were quite similar in how yeah. you deal with people, either on one-to-one basis or group basis. Or um, we actually work a lot with waste wellness. Okay. Um, so the the crux of our program is we help people access other services as mm. much as provide that one-to-one support. So signposting. Absolutely, signposting is a crucial part of it. So mm. navigators really do do what it sounds like. They help people navigate that path. So. Mm. Um, it's not that participants on the program are passed along. They're simply mm-hmm. told where where they can get the help that they need. Mm-hmm. And there are so many amazing services across Tyne and Weir, and it's mm-hmm. just about making sure that people who need them know that they're there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so do these involve things like in- innovation projects that I've read on your website? Yeah. So these are self-help sessions, though, right? Yeah. Um, there's, there's a variety of different innovation projects. So mm-hmm. uh, when we originally started, uh, we, we work um, from five different local areas across mm-hmm. Tyne and Weir. So we work from Newcastle, Gateshead, mm-hmm. uh, Sunderland, North, Tyneside and South Tyneside. Mm-hmm. And each of those areas was able to set up an innovation project outside mm-hmm. of their core delivery. Um, so those innovation projects range from... Uh, uh, peer support, peer research, um, looking at STEM industries and looking at long-term health conditions. And one of the projects, which was actually originally based in Sunderland, is called Pathways, and that's now been extended across Tyne and Weir. Um, Pathways um, 
offers additional support to people who have um, needs uh, based because they're on the autistic spectrum or have learning difficulties. So that's been a really successful project and um, it's now operating across the whole area. Mm-hmm. So I guess Ryan, because I mean, I was going to just jokingly say it, about, like, but the proof in the pudding, I guess, Maria, <laughs> is that to ask Ryan, like, sort of, you know, directly, is what benefits you got, like, once you start, not benefits as in university credit, I don't mean that way, <laughs> um, I mean the benefit in a personal sense of, you know, in getting involved um, in Maria's, you know, organisations and getting, you know, help through your difficulties. Like, what I guess what I'm saying is, what 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 was it like before, and what was it like as a consequence of of getting the help? Well, before I was essentially just getting absolutely nowhere. No matter, you know, uh, it was trying to basically first of all just find jobs and stuff, and and uh, trying, you know, develop my skills and that. But things going on there, it's basically. Help me in a way uh, that basically it's the difficult bit is actually searching for stuff, looking for stuff, finding it, and then also getting on these courses, giving me new opportunities to do to basically put more stuff on my CV so it looks more impressive uh, than it obviously did before. And uh, it's allowing me to do uh, more stuff and stuff that I actually want to do rather than because obviously on Universe Great, you've got to apply for every single job you're qualified to do. Which obviously, you know, is some, something anything, that yeah. uh, can be, like for example, I don't, I, I have to apply, like for example, if a cleaner, you know, position and that comes available, I have to apply for that. At the same time, I'm wanting to apply for, say, you know, IT jobs or jobs in filming, uh, stuff like that. So it's kind of like a massive spectrum. However, with this, it's a lot more focused on, basically, they're helping me to, you know, get the job and do the work that I actually want to do, that I'm actually passionate about. Because I think if you're doing something you don't really like doing and not passionate about, then you're not going to be doing a good job at it. And you're just gonna, to be honest, you're going to be feeling worse. You're going to be feeling actually depressed for the fact that you're doing something you don't like doing. Not fulfilling. Not fulfilling. Yeah, yeah. not fulfilling. Um, I mean, it's so fascinating that because there's a number of things in what you said there because... In some in some cases, it's getting you off a, a statistic, um, is what a lot of the t- a lot of the things that they 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 try and do. But also, um, another th- powerful point you said is that it it exasperates your mental health a lot of the time if you're trying to do something you don't want to do, um, and it would it would make a great deal more sense to as you just said that you or that you're now getting is just the the encouragement to try and look for something you actually want to do. Um, I think that's not said enough or helped enough in terms of um in that kind of stuff. I mean, curious as well about um your dyslexia because that's something we share um and i and i think it's interesting because of the the, the age you're at because i only really dealt with or whatever the right terminology is with my dyslexia when i got to university i wasn't really even aware i had dyslexia before then and i'm just curious to know like when you found out and and like how do you how, how do you deal with it um nine years old when i found out wow okay uh, quite early then yeah, yeah because basically um during my last year of uh, first school uh basically my teacher at the time you know s- spotted that oh we might have dyslexia and that i was actually tested and yes i did have dyslexia yeah i had no idea what it meant but uh-huh. at the time but it meant that basically you know the gave us extra help with stuff and that and so does that make stuff easier because, uh, for example, I remember uh, a lot of the time would have what I would call the helper teacher who would basically, when everyone else had to copy a load of writing off the board, it meant that 
uh, they would write it all for me, which, to be honest, made it a lot easier. <laughs> so I, could just, I could just sit there and have it all written down for me. I have no idea what it said anyway, so... <laughs> so what does um, your actual your job entail, Maria? What um, so I work, I'm a communications officer, so for me personally, I really try and get the message out there oh, right, of what cool. the programme does okay. um, and try and get as many people who fit the service to, to sign up. Okay, um, that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you like the you're like the, the salesman, <laughs> if you want to call it that, I'll take it. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that makes sense because obviously, I mean, this is one of the reasons that we exist as a radio show is mm-hmm. to you know give people you know like Ryan. I mean, and I've been a service user before is um, mm-hmm. to give people the the signpost and the. I mean, we talked about this on an earlier interview. Um, I don't know if this is something you share, but it's like GPs who are skilled and know what they're doing, but they don't have the ability to signpost in the right direction. Do you feel that's something you share? Definitely, yeah. yeah. And I think the good thing about our programme is um, the whole team does work together, so the people that deliver the support work really closely with the programme team who who do the back end, and I think Mm -hmm. that's really important to having success because they know what people need and I know how to find those people. So it's it's about that balance, really. I want to ask you, Maria, um, do you think part of the issue you talk about, you know, there's barriers there with people with mental health challenges getting into employment. Do you think part of the issue is that um, that mental health in the workplace is such a big taboo, it, it, that in itself is a barrier? And do you think, how do you think the system in itself could, does it need to be overhauled or creatively challenged in a way? I guess I'm talking from a point of view that, you know, most of us who, who have mental health issues, we want to work, we want to contribute, but it's almost like the system out there doesn't allow us to because we have to put in, you know, 110% commitment-wise and, and yeah. not as people out there as sympathetic, you know, employers and so forth. Absolutely. There's still definitely a stigma around mental health. There's absolutely no denying that. But yeah. looking at it positively, we are seeing it break more and more all the time. I think um, a lot of what our programme does is educate employers. We have a whole employer engagement team, so um, we work on showing employers that people who have got health barriers can work and can be able members of society just like everyone else mm-hmm. so i think education is key mm-hmm. getting the word out there is exactly how we how we change mm-hmm. things and make sure that everyone has an equal opportunity mm-hmm. to contribute mm-hmm. my parole officer found me <laughs> <laughs> oh no <laughs> i have to cut the show short <laughs> i always forget that i need to turn that off when someone's attempting to ring um, because <laughs> i don't think they realize it goes directly to the studio so i think that's the issue because we've got a full interview in five minutes time hopefully um, but yeah, um, I guess like so. If anyone's listened to this, Ryan, because one of the things that you know, because me and Ricky are very open about expressing our like past experiences and what we went through, and obviously with having you as a guest on now, um, you know, people might be listening to this because we always think of when we got in our head, people might be listening who are stuck in a room, like feeling horrible about themselves, and you know, because I've got bipolar disorder, I think like you know, what if I speak what I what it's like for me, maybe that'll help them take the the leap they need to do to get the help they need and I'm just curious based on the fact that you're in that process of recovery as it were or getting the help you need to get on with your life essentially um, what would your advice be to people who might be in that situation now my advice to people is, is that uh, basically you've just got to keep going on and keep pushing on no matter what you know obstacle that you find in front of you I mean, a lot of people will try to put you down, but the thing is, the thing that puts yourself down with mental illness, mental illness basically is essentially a bully or a barrier in your head that basically you just have to keep pushing forward, pushing through it, and uh, it's also something that, you know, you can get as many people as you like to help you, and good, they should be there to support you, 
But at the end of the day, you know, it's something that you've obviously you've got to cope with. Mental health doesn't go away. It's not one of those things that has a cure to it. It's just something you have to deal with. And the better, you know, you learn to cope with it, the better it is for your life. So you can just get on with your life and not have to worry about that. Great. Great answer. What a great way to end. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, that, what a great summary because, yeah, it is all about persevering, essentially. And um, and 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 I'm so pleased you said that because I don't think it's said enough. Is there is no such thing as having a cure for something. And um, with mental health, I think that's what people want is they want you to not feel the way you are. But, you know, you are who you are. Um, you know, everyone's all got different things to deal with, and that happens to be your your uh, not. I was going to say advice, but it's not even advice. Really, sometimes it can be positive. Um, I certainly talk about that with bipolar disorder. Is that you know it, it literally does ebb and flow, but I mean that in a positive and negative way in my life. That it can be good as well as bad. Um, it's just finding what works for you. Um, so yeah, beautifully, beautifully said. So um, just where can they get involved um, in the organisation? Like how can they get in touch with you, Maria? Um, so people can refer themselves directly or organisations working with people can can get in touch with us and um, pass people on. So you can find us online, just www.motw.org.uk or you can give us a ring on 0191 217 and someone will be happy to tell you more about the programme and talk about your options. Fantastic. Thank you so much, guys, for coming on. Thanks Thank for you. Having uh, yeah, that's very good. Thanks, Ryan, for being so honest. Um, good luck with everything. Hope um, hope you find the. the, the, the umbl- Did you see you were trying to get in film? Was that what you were just saying? Yeah, there? well, I'm, I've been. I've run five YouTube channels, and the fifth one that literally debuted a couple of weeks ago, uh, it's called the Don Free Doncaster Podcast. It's a fictional um, podcast audio series, and it basically it's about mental health, where basically the main character has anger issues, and each series is going to deal with. Like, first series, anger issues and uh, depression. Second series is going to be about, right, how do I move on from that? So that's what I'm doing. To basically, you know, try and use my experiences in that to try and relate. In a creative way, yeah. That's what you should do. That's awesome. Um, Great. Well, good luck with all that. And thanks, Maria, for coming in. Good luck with your um, continuous success and everything. And thanks to promote the message of... Thanks for hovering outside. As oh, well, any time. I'll, yeah. I'll come back and hover anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. It's like a ghost from Christmas past. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks guys so much. Um, right, what we're going to do now, like I just mentioned, um, at the start of the interview, is we're going to try and attempt to finish the rest of that interview we did with Helen on the 6th of October. And then we have a phone interview with, um, I can never pronounce his name. What was Brian. his name? Bryony? Bryony? Yeah, Bryony, yeah, um, from Missing People, which is uh, interesting because the reported missing program on BBC at the minute. Good, um, good comparison. So we're going to play that now, and then we'll be right back, hopefully, with the phone interview right after this. Is I told my partner this, and my partner turned around and said, um, just because it's something you have to do, or feel you should do, because, well, or you, and you want to do as well, all rolled yeah. into one, doesn't mean that it's unbearably difficult. That's right. And I think that's the key about the understanding aspect of that you still need support, regardless of if you need to do it. I think care is mental health as well. As yeah, absolutely. Well. And that's something I totally agree with what you've just yeah. said that um, you. You, you want to be able to have support to, to make those choices to to be a carer if you want to be a carer yeah. and I know that's sometimes a mixed up choice yeah. um, but um, yeah I think I think uh, 
what we try to do is put people in touch with other people in similar situations yeah. who so to try and get over as well some of that feeling of isolation so we have a mental health carers peer support group that meets Fantastic. once a month every, the first Friday of every month 10.30 till 12 you can come along to that group you can, be, you can just phone up and we'll tell you more about it and how to register with us we have info and advice sessions for mental health carers but we also have more general support for any kind of carer and we have a particular young adult carer service that's working with young adults like Steve said he cared for his mum for 15 Still years do, yeah. I want to make Still a point about young carers yeah. because they've, had, they've, had, they've got to sacrifice so much in their early life yeah. be it education yeah. Yeah. Um, peer, peer groups yeah. and all that kind of thing we enjoy yeah. being young so yeah. what kind of specific things do you do to well, support the young ones at the moment the young carer service is delivered by Bernardo's right. young carers yeah. But from November, will be delivered by Newcastle Carers. Okay. So that's, a, again, it, there has always been a young carer service in yep. Newcastle, but it was all previously uh, with Bernardo's. Yeah. We, we can offer, it's a more holistic whole family approach support. So the pause would go into the, the young person, but also maybe involving the family. Yeah. Um, but Brilliant. the young carer service will begin officially with Newcastle Carers from the 1st of November. Fantastic. But we do work with young adult carers at the moment, 18 to 25, and that looks at things like the difficulties about education and going to university and the things that are happening in a young person's life and how to give people support during that. Great. Exactly, because that's the sort of world they're brought up in. It's yeah. almost like they don't know anything else. Absolutely. So as long as yeah. you show them there is yeah. outlets out there. Because we, we're, we're a firm advocate on this show about um, mental health being um, a yeah. pre-university because that's only when it sort of gets serious in terms of an academic sense yeah. and that it's acknowledged as being a problem and we yeah. think it should be on par with like sex education. Yeah. Basically, you know, Absolutely. because sex education is an emotional, it's emotional decision. The, the idea that mental health is not involved in that process is bizarre. Um, but anyway, um, we've run out of time, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So all we need to say is, because we always ask people on the show, is just um, where can people contact Newcastle Carers? They can contact us. We're based 135 to 139 Shields Road in Biker. All right. Our telephone number is 0191 275 5060. And our website is www.newcastlecarers.org. Fantastic. Shields Road, place in my heart. I, I know. My dad used to have a shop there. Yeah, oh, I like Shields Road. I love Shields Road. I might have went past it on my route stops in the time because <laughs> I'm sure I've heard of you guys before. Oh, okay, well, obviously, yeah. you're welcome to pop in Great. and, and people can drop in. You can phone in 9 or 5 or call in any day between 1 and 5. That's so great. Thank you so much Please for coming come on. Please come to the studio oh, sometime. Yeah, yeah. All right, thank you. Yeah, if you ever have the opportunity to, yeah, that would be right. great. But well, yeah, thank you so much. much. No, no, you've <laughs> talked more than enough. Thanks very much. Thanks, Thanks Ellen. Thank you. Sick of the same old radio sound? <sighs> then you need Vibrant Radio. Spice up your life. Spice FM. 98.8 FM. 
Hello everybody, welcome back to Mentally Sound here on Spice FM 98.8 FM. Been a huge hectic show because we've been on an extra hour. I mean, the coffees and the drinks are a plenty. <laughs> cough sweets? Yeah, no, yeah, cough sweets. <laughs> so Ricky doesn't, um, you know, die of, uh, die, his voice doesn't die on her. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for the guests that have been on so far. To Tara and Ashley, to Sheila and Julian, um, to Maria and Ryan. and um, Lucy as well. And Lucy, yeah, sorry, because we had a bonus edition, one here. Yeah. Third edition, yeah. Um, so yeah, no, it was an uh, unbelievable show. It's, it flew by. I mean, the fact that we were going to do an extra hour, um, but we're not going to keep our last guest waiting because she's waiting patient, patiently on the phone. Because these guys we've been wanting to have on for a while, and I was telling her just in the pre-interview bit um, about um, reported missing. I think that's the name of the program on BBC. Um, that me and my partner have like, and we've been talking about this on the on the show a great deal of a great deal. Um, and it's a, it's a it's a it's a powerful show because it has a lot of mental health roots in it. Um, and so, yeah, Byron E. Long is here on the phone from Missing People. She's the senior supports manager of this particular charity and is dedicated, obviously, to get children and adults back together with their families and whatnot. And she joins us on the phone now. Byron e, hello. Hi, hello. Oh, it's lovely to speak to you, finally. Lovely to speak to you too. All right, awesome. So, um, I guess first things first, because um, you know, I, I I like the name of your charity because it literally does it says what it's on the tin, as it were, um, about missing people and whatnot. But um, I guess to be a little bit more specific, like what does your job involve with missing people, and in how long has missing people been around for? Yeah, so missing people is the only charity in the UK that supports people who are affected by a disappearance. Okay. So that means anyone that is at risk of leaving home at home or um, has left home already or families who've got a loved one missing. So we run a helpline service and lots of other services, including publicity for people who are missing. So you'll see missing appeals with people's faces and names so to let them know that the charity is there for them and they can call us any time. And the charity is celebrating its 25th anniversary this oh, year. Wow. wow. Wow, I, you know what it is. It just goes to show because I guess the reason that we wanted to have you have you on is because, you know, I guess it's it probably. I mean, I'd love to ask you this directly: is does it come across as that it's probably a charity that people don't know about until it happens? Is that fair mm. to say? Yeah, that's absolutely right, and I think it is a huge issue. So you'd probably be quite surprised to hear that every ninety seconds in the UK, someone is reported missing. But you're completely correct that it is just an issue that until it happens to you, people often don't think about it and they often don't realise that support is actually available. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess because I was just telling you, I was just talking to you briefly in the pre, and I was talking on the phone while we were off air, is about reported missing the programme. Is It certainly opened up me and my partner's eyes. And actually, because we, we, there was a chance to use we were going to be on last show and so I I talked about when I um, was reported missing by my family and just how the process was in terms of me being the missing person because obviously the police got involved and whatnot Um, and I I just wanted to have you describe to us um, as much as you can just because I'm curious in the sense of I know it from that angle but as somebody who is the reporting like the person reporting the person missing like how does the how does it work in terms of you know, like the the guidelines and how much you tell people and just like what's the process, I guess I'm asking. Yeah, well, firstly, thanks so much for sharing your personal experience. Oh, thank you. 
I try to all the time, (laughs) (laughs) much as I can. I really encourage people to to talk about if they've been away from home, and it is something that's very common. Mm -hmm. So it's really, really helpful when people can talk openly about it. So Mm -hmm. from the charity's perspective, we always work very closely with the police. We do respect people's right to go missing. So if someone is over the age of 18 and they're not vulnerable... We respect the fact that sometimes it's safer for them to be away from home. As a charity, we're always operating under the values of confidentiality and being non-judgmental. Yep. And um, all calls that come into the helpline are completely confidential. So we talk to the person, we find out what's going on, um, and we will only ever publicise a missing appeal if it's been reported to the police and the police have deemed that it's appropriate for us to do that. Yeah. I guess is that the kind of process in terms of, like, making sure that it's, I guess one of a better phrase, like, serious or as in, like, genuine maybe is the right word? Yeah, so we do have to check if it is, Mm. as you say, genuine. We do have to check that 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 person is away and that, that there is a risk and that we do need to be actually looking for them. Quite a high percentage of people who go missing, they'll go missing for a relatively short period of time, yeah. so perhaps a couple of days and then return home. Yep. Quite often it's that someone's had a disagreement with who, whoever they live with, whether it's family, whether it's a partner, and you know, most frequently people will come back of their own accord. Um, and of course we would never want to draw attention to someone who was at risk by putting their poster and their appeal out in public. So it's really crucial that we do work with the police and other agencies yeah. just to make sure that publicity is the most appropriate thing. Of course, yeah. Hello, Brian. It's uh, Ricky here. Um, my question Hi. to you is, um, it's, it's also part of Missing People's Remit that people who are thinking about going, going missing um, that, that you provide a service where you, you talk to them. And I was wondering, what, what, what sort of reasons do you find, you know, the common reasons that, that, that come up with people who want to uh, escape or, or, or leave in, in, that, in such a dramatic manner that they do? Yeah, that's a really good question. And no missing case is the same. But we do have some common themes, like you say. So the most common themes, as I'm sure you can expect, are mental health mm-hmm. issues. So often if someone is reaching the point of crisis and they feel that they've got nowhere to turn, um, people will leave home. Um, one in 20 adults will leave home because they've got to the point of crisis where they're looking to end their life. So, you know, people really are at the end of their tether in some cases. Um, As I've said as well, it can be relationship breakdown. Mm -hmm. It can be things like being bullied at school for younger people. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, it could just be to escape a negative situation. So perhaps there's abuse of all kinds of, you know, all kinds of abuse. Um, And as I said, you know, sometimes home, unfortunately, isn't the safest place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just I, I'm curious in relation to what you just said. There is like uh, I'm assuming if you you've mentioned a few statistics, um, how how 
um, why it is the people who go missing? I mean, is there a particular, is it more likely to be like a young, because you mentioned younger people, and I guess my assumption, and I, I say it just as an assumption, and maybe it's an ignorance um, thing, but it, it feels to me like maybe it would happen with younger people more than older people, but I'm not sure if that's correct, so I'm asking you directly, like, is there a particular demographic that it happens more often with? Well, the statistics actually are quite close. So okay. 180,000 people every year go missing. Mm -hmm. And of that figure, 80,000 are children and almost 100,000 are adults. What we do find with young people is that they will go often repeatedly missing mm -hmm. because they're leaving perhaps a care home or a family home. And unfortunately, the issues that they're running away from are not resolved so we work really closely with social services we work with local councils as well and we offer what's called return home interviews mm -hmm. so we actually meet young people when they've come home from being missing talk about what's going on and then help them identify what support can be put in place <coughs> to resolve the situation and to help them stay safely in the future yeah in, in terms of uh, awareness campaigns, um, was it two, three years ago, you, uh, Missing People's, they formed a choir, which went on Britain's Got Talent, is that right? Um, do you have any That's more of those right, sorts yeah. of things in the pipelines that you know raise awareness in this field? Yeah, so I'm currently working on a volunteering programme called Community Ambassadors. Mm -hmm. This is a really special scheme, and mm -hmm. it's only open to people who have been missing themselves, have had someone missing, or currently do. Mm -hmm. and, it's an, and it's an opportunity for them to come together and help missing people improve our campaigning, so political lobbying that we do, mm -hmm. to speak to the media about the issue of missing and about their own appeals. Also to help us develop special fundraising products um, for anyone who's got a loved one missing. And part of that is, as a charity, we want our beneficiary voices to be absolutely at the heart of everything mm -hmm. that we do. <laughs> and I think the choir is such a fantastic example. Yeah, I remember it. Yeah, well, people, mm -hmm. yeah, when you bring people together as a peer network, there's a real power and mm -hmm. it can really capture the public imagination. Yeah. Can I just ask, because we unfortunately need to wrap this up because we are off air at 3 o'clock, so I just wanted to ask you in relation to what I asked you at the beginning, just for 30 seconds, do you think because I mentioned this with my partner, because we, we watched Reported Missing on TV, and like, you know, obviously entertainment like, you know, gets things in the public eye, but do you think that programme is good at raising the awareness of this issue of people going missing? I think certainly it's got a lot of coverage and it's got a lot of people talking, which mm -hmm. is really positive. I think anything that puts the issue of missing into people's consciousness is helpful. Yes. And we always hope that people will use the Missing People Helpline on mm -hmm. 116000 and visit the website as well, and then they can find out a lot more about the issue and how they can get support if they need it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess if nothing else, because I mean it's meant to be a little bit entertaining, even though it's a serious issue, is that it hopefully will signpost to go to organisations like yourself if they're ever in that situation. Yeah. Um, most definitely. Thank you so much, Baron, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Um, Thanks for having me on. I, I appreciate it too. Yeah, it's great because I mean, I, I guess just to summarise this, because we've got about 30 seconds left with you, it's just to say um, it's a really, really important issue and something that isn't highlighted enough. And it was only through that programme, and that's why I told my story on the last show, 
is just to basically tell people what because it's the other side of the coin as well because we haven't didn't have an opportunity to say you know not all people who go missing are like necessarily doing it to you know screw people over or you know it, it's because they're in a vulnerable situation and they feel it's the only thing they can do so seeing that side of it and then talking to you about it shows you know what what issue it is and hopefully it'll highlight it in in, in greater detail so thank you so much for being on i really, really appreciate it Thank you, yeah, Brian. Thank you. That's a really important point to raise. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you. Thanks so much, and have a nice day. Okay. Thank you. And you. Bye. Thanks. Bye bye. Great. So we have literally 30 seconds left. So that's perfect. So all it leaves us to say is thank you to every guest we've had on. Thank you for all the retweets and whatnot we've had for our three-hour special. Thank you to my co-host Ricky for being vigilant with guests you. and whatnot. Thank you for the 6th of October that we did um, with Helen and whatnot. That was a great event. Thanks to Spice for allowing us to do this. Yes. Um, and all we need to play now is the outro we did for that 6th of October. So it's me and Ricky summarising World Mental Health Day on the 6th of October. Um, so we're going to play that out our past selves. But we did a good job. <laughs> and uh, yeah. All he's supposed to say is we'll be here in two weeks' time for Mentally Sound on Spice FM 98.8 FM. Thanks, guys, and see you soon. Bye. Bye. So, hello, everybody. We're back here, sitting down with our wonderful selves. Um, and it's now three, just after three, and we've been here um, here at the event for mental health here at Central Library. And I'm here again with Ricky, just sitting down at our lovely table, watching the world go by. Um, I just kind of wanted to do a quick summary before we end the show so obviously thank you for listening to the live version and this is us in our past hills just saying how much we've enjoyed today and Why even just getting I don't know I don't know if future selves can handle it really uh, <laughs> <laughs> you'll go back in time to I know it's like the Terminator isn't it I feel like that's what I'm referencing when I'm I say going that back in time to yeah to I'm going to back in time to kill off my myself for doing a poor attempt at a radio show um, that, that's going to be you know what it is we probably are mentioning what the next Terminator film is going to be they're getting that, that hard way, they're it? getting that hard these days yeah um, I mean I never understood the last one I don't know about you but but yeah but anyway I just wanted I to say the last three yeah I know yeah I mean, the second one's a challenge even though it's brilliant but um, I wanted to say to end just obviously just to say we had a really nice time we got to talk talk to people we didn't get to talk to many people as possible because quite frankly to be an honest show is that they just need permission off like their yeah, bosses and stuff yeah, like yeah, that yeah. so I wanted to mention that off the bat and so I just wanted to say some organisations who might be on just to who were, he- who were here just to give them a shout out as it were for considering this is going to be the World Mental Health Show um, so we talked to Lunchlinks which is part of I believe um uh, chain reaction because um, chain reaction do a number of things and also they do um, moving forward as well there's a charity called moving forward which is all um, I believe funded by search which is what we mentioned oh, before okay. as well as several other ones I think they get funded through the NHS as well um, so they're willing to come on they're just going to um, talk to us for so both them organisations so chain reaction and moving forward will hopefully be on the, the next show after this one okay. um, so that's fun- fantastic news um, also, we talked to Alzheimer's, who are based in our building, Alzheimer's um, Northeast, and um, we've been on the show before, so they're basically just all friends of ours. Um, and I believe there was also one more that I can't find right now because they gave me a bunch of leaflets. Is it these um, oh yeah, then. Uh, so we talked to um, IWE, which is an eating distress service, and they're not willing to talk to us, but I guess just because they're, a, just, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know why. Oh, this is the organisation I wanted to talk to. They're downstairs. Downstairs. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> it was the, Yeah, this shows it's live. Um, <laughs> or at least pre-recorded live. Um, so yeah, this is the organisation I wanted to talk about because it sounded really fun. It's called Talk and Help. Um, so they're another organisation that basically help with um, therapy that if you're not sure about getting. Um, so we got a whole bunch of leaflets and they've all basically um, got my email address and they are going to um, contact us about being in. So I'm going to I'm going to take um, the wonderful job Ricky does for maybe a week and organise uh, the, ne- the the show for next time. Um, but yeah, so do you have a, a good time talking to people because yeah, um, you were here yeah. a lot longer I than feel, I was. I feel quite important like sitting down here and yeah. people come to us yeah. um, <laughs> hopefully next time we'll have some uh, materials that we give so we j- I've just done some uh, like leaflets and uh, business cards update and stuff so yeah. next time here we'll we'll be quite flash yeah <laughs> flash in the pan yeah. we'll be we'll be lighting it up as they say mm-hmm. <laughs> not in an arson attack like kind of <laughs> we're not that we're not that terrible um, in a metaphorical it's that we do more outreach work like this yes. it's good to get out and do go places yeah. we've done a little bit already it's we? good and just uh, to communicate with people people and, and again like as, as as you heard in the in the Helen interview they're just finding p- to signpost organisations to let us let them know that we exist and they exist um, because there's so many organisations out there that provide this sort of stuff that um, yeah it's just uh, I know Spice FM do quite a bit of outreach work yeah. so we'll be doing stuff for them hopefully absolutely really cool. so yeah um, I'm re- I, I think it was a good idea and it was really nice to talk to chat to people yeah you can say that um, and uh, yeah it's just basically people are just like I want to talk about these things and mm. um, um, it shows that people are aware of it because the people are just you just stole my leaflet how dare <laughs> but it, there's plenty more um, uh, so yes yeah, so we're going to talk to these organisations in the future and we just hope you've enjoyed this show mm-hmm. with the live guests that would be on the show you just heard as well as thank you to Helen for being um, and Central Library for giving us the opportunity to record here it feels nice in a little yeah. uh, little um, outside broadcast mm-hmm. it feels quite fun um, so yeah uh, anything else to add Ricky before we end um, no not at all uh, just yeah good that we that's more more days like this to come then, mm-hmm. then great thank you, for the, thank you for people's feedback yeah. as well and thank you for people who are listening thank and particularly people, people who are regular regular listeners we really appreciate it um, and we will see you very soon for another edition in two weeks time um, but thank you to everyone who's been on thank you to Ricky my co-host thank you to Spice yeah. FM and thank you to Alistair for inviting us for this event and uh, yeah for Newcastle Mental Health Day and if you do have an issue please do take our encouragement and go to any of these organisations we mentioned and take that leap go to um, your libraries and go to libraries yes. learn more they're immensely um, important get over your ignorance because <laughs> we did yeah. I'd like to think I'd like to think anyway uh, that's it uh, we'll play some ads right now uh, at the end of the show and thank you so much and we'll see you in a couple of weeks thanks guys Cheers, bye, bye.